11 o'clock. Clear my throat. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, called pay, that's called payback is a bitch. Yeah, boy. All right. <sighs> 11 o'clock comics, episode 117. <laughs> Yeah. That's something special. It is. It sounds official like a whistle. <sighs> Sorry, I haven't stepped on you for like months. It was oh, that's way past It's way past two. It's not a problem. I'm so relaxed tonight, laid back, just having a good time. I've been looking forward to this all week. Me too. Yeah. Me what, too. A, what a shit whole week, man. I'm, I'm uh, serious. I've I'm, I'm really been looking forward to talking to you guys. I swear I wish it was Friday because I, I can't have another two days of having to go. Didn't today feel like Thursday? Uh, <laughs> felt like an eternity. Oh. It did not get off to a good start. I mean, all the crap that's been going on. The uh, local comic shop, I guess he has a, an agreement with the UPS guy that he stops at the comic shop first. Because, you know, Dave needs time to unpack the books and sort them and get them all out there. And, you know, typical comic book Wednesday. And the usual, the, the normal UPS guy was on vacation. And the replacement was unaware of the uh, agreement. So I, I, usually, I usually call before to see if the books are there. And I called at 11, books weren't there. Called at quarter to 12, not there. So I had to get my books tonight at like 6 o'clock. It was strange, very weird, because I don't pre-order Sonic yeah, the Hedgehog. Like, it's, like going, it's like going to a bar in the middle of the day. It's yeah, like, well, I mean, for most people, not you, though. Uh, oh, yeah, that's kind of common. I, I get Sonic the Hedgehog off the rack. I don't pre-order it, because he usually gets enough, but today, he only had two copies. So oh, if sure I didn't get there today... Some little kid. I got I got fucked out of two things. So upset. No bulletproof coffin and no um, revolver from Matt Kent. So oh, I man. I never get to do anything. I got to go scrounge it. Because, why, why is that, Jason? Because uh, I pre-order. Yeah. Oh, where well, you pre-order from? We, most of us do pre-order, but it's just like the... Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't do that. Hey, everybody. I'm sorry. We're all out of sorts, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it's 11 o'clock. Everything. Jesus Christ. It's 11 o'clock comics, and I am, as usual, Vince B. Yay. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Yes, you are, and I'm Greetings all. Oh, David, do it again, oh, because Jesus. he stepped I, on I, you. I'm, I'm stepped on you, two you, people already. So, all right, so, so now that you Keep said on trucking, I, Chris. I'm looking forward to, to talking to you guys, I could say I'm looking forward to ignoring your ass. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm David Price. Yay! Oh, indeed you are. And yes, of course, it is I, the Eldrick 12-cylinder engine of destruction, the fusion phallus molester of worlds, the sagacious savant, none other than the caged demon wolf. Wow. How do I shorten that? No, you are not da -da 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 -da, the caged demon wolf. You are Jason Wood. Yay! That was awesome. That was pretty good. Wolf in the house. Now, did you have a, a crib sheet, or were you... Yeah, he must have. What's that? You had that, you had written, that down. written down. And I did not. No, I did not. Really? <laughs> yeah, but you you know what? Right I, I'm not surprised because you rattle off rap lyrics like crazy, so you, you, you have a very good mind. The body, you eh, go. not so hot, oh. but the mind, there you go. Dude, whoa, take a step back, son. <laughs> I am. <laughs> and this giant leap backwards has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com where you can find huge, immense, colossal, really big discounts on your favorite comics and collectibles. 
anywhere from 35 all the way up to 75% off and sometimes more on your favorite comic books. And if you're a first-time DCBS customer, you can enter the following code. Chris, what is it? EOC8. David? That is if you are a first-time or haven't ordered from DCBS. Oh, improv. I love it. Yes. In 12 months. EOC8. You slide that code in the slot and you will get an extra 8% off your order. So... Do the math. If you order all Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, and Image, usually 40% off, sometimes higher, 42, 43, add another eight, you're approaching 50% off your first order. Insane. Unheard of. And you can get that only at DCBR. You can only get that at DCB. Shit, I'm screwing it up. I got 58% off of my absolute planetaries when I ordered them. Excellent. See, I'm not so smooth dcbservice.com check them out they're awesome and and if, they, and if you do and if you do that you won't get like fucked by not having comics at the you shop. can get sonic like, the hedgehog each and every month this um, is the truth or bulletproof coffin that's right yeah, revolver and you can yep. there's an, a beautiful yeah. selection of steve ditko's recent work recent not old reprinted they have that too work recent work like in the past couple months contemporary ditko you got to get it it's great stuff so Check them out, dcbservice.com. Hey, drink roll call, Chris. Let's yes. Slide. I've been drinking a little bit tonight. Um, oh, nice. no. Ha- happy, Just happy, tonight. Happy birthday to um, uh, my buddy Kyle Bice. Mm-hmm. It, uh, we had a little get-together right after work, so I, I jutted home from, from work right right to the um, uh, the comic shop and then turned around and we went to uh, one of our favorite water and holes. And so I've had a, a, a plethora of wonderful, uh, beers tonight. I had some, uh, some <laughs> dragon's milk. I had uh, a founder's red rye ale. I had a, a left-handed milk stout, but now that I am home, um, I'm going to lead off tonight, by the way. Um, I am say. drinking a Lagunitas Wilco Tango Foxtrot. It is a multi robust jobless recovery ale um if uh, if any of you all um in the room or out there in podcast land ha- um are familiar with like an abbey ale um it's uh similar to that it's it's a it's a dark ale it's got a lot of uh it's got a lot of flavor to it a lot of character this one hold on oh boy it's got a lot more fruit to it <laughs> Than, than your standard Abbey Ale. Uh, it's, much uh, much like uh, the consumer. Pretty pretty refreshing for a darker ale. Um, uh, pretty. This is the first time I've ever had it, and I just I literally just poured it, and uh, it is um, it's darn right tasty. I'll uh, I'll chime in with the um, later observations later. But cool. um, uh, Jason Wood, uh, how about you, Christopher Neesman, Uh I am drinking some diet. Sprite and Absolute Citron. Okay, it's very summery. Uh, it's, yeah, exactly, well, I, exactly. Ice, twist the lime. Yeah, ice in there. No lime, just a big thing of ice. Uh, we just literally minutes ago walked in from the uh, beach club uh, where Colin had a swim meet. So I, uh, I just threw that in a cup as I was walking up the stairs from the kitchen, and uh, and and there you have it. Me too. It was like a total throw to there. It's like, oh shit. Oh well, that one looks good. I'll grab that. Exactly. Uh, Mm-hmm. How about Mr. Price? How about you? Uh, Dew and uh, ginger ale. Tullamore, what, what's Tullamore Dew? Tullamore uh, Dew? It, it's, it's Irish whiskey. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Nice. Branching out. And, Dave, and David's reaching. And ginger ale. There you go. That's how I like my bourbon. 
There's a little bourbon and ginger ale in the in the summertime. It's very tasty. Uh, and Mr. B. Not least this time, because I'm doing you a solid, my buddy. Oh, as, as soon as I can figure out how to get the damn cork out of it, there's a friggin' cork in it. Uh, Ooh, is this going to... Nice. Hey. Nice. All right. It is from the Victory Brewing Company. Ooh, it's, it's beer with a cork. I'm impressed. Yes, That's it's awesome. called Golden Monkey Tripel. Wow. Ale brewed with spices. It's a magical, mystical monkey whose golden soul glows with the wisdom of the ages. Now, you, you may, how can I not be attracted to this, this beer? This, is, this, this beer was brewed just for Vince. And this radiant flavored ale is rich in the spirited tradition of Belgian-inspired brewing. Our golden monkey is both playfully delightful and profoundly satisfying. Exotic spices from the east round out this global journey of joy. Get on board. This monkey's bound for glory. So there you go. I didn't taste okay, so, it. Yet. So it's a, it's a, it's a spiced Belgian ale. That sounds delicious. Oh man, is that good? Oh damn. Yes, and I do have to say something, Mr. Neesman. This dogfish uh-huh. head stuff that you drink. <laughs> oh, aren't they good? I didn't get it. You know, you know why I didn't get it? Because for a 24-ounce bottle of that stuff was $21.99. It depends. What was it? Was that like the the fort or something? I don't know. I saw the price and I ran screaming from the case. I mean, they 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 have different brews. So I mean, you can you can pick up a four pack of you know bottles for like $8.99. Yeah, no. This was this was a 24-ounce bottle like this this. Golden uh-huh. Monkey for twenty-two dollars. Huh. I I said to myself, I don't care if the stuff tastes like Karen Gillan's labia. I'm it not may, spending twenty-two dollars for a bottle of beer. They may have been their what their black and blue. Um, they've got some really expensive high gravity beers, but um, you know, uh, do you know who Karen say- Gillan is? Gillan, Gillan. Before we get into it, Karen Gillan. Well, I know who Karen Gillan is, but no, Karen Gillan. <laughs> Karen Gillan, Amy Pond. Mm. Oh yes, 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 yes. Oh my yes, God! The, the, the doctor's very attractive and oh, Lord. attractive. She's way she's, beyond attractive. She's freaking yeah, gorgeous. She's pretty hot. She's pretty hot. Christopher, uh, I I know I'm breaking with uh, form here, but did, did you see the last two episodes of this season's Doctor Who? Oh, are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> uh, she's gonna come the, back later. The ne- the next to last episode was. I'm out. Oh, hey, <laughs> did you see? Wait, b- before you go there, did did you see the conclusion? Did you see the yeah. the series? Oh yeah. my yeah. God, was that Phantom good? Force, huh? What's that? How about it, huh? That's Phantom X. Hey, hey, oh, hey! Oh, what? what? Sorry, you, you know Jason. Well, we were talking comics. I don't know. I'm, I was I was actually thinking of Jason as I was watching this episode, and my heart <laughs> was breaking because it hurts. Just like Jason likes to say, it, it does my heart good to see when my buddies are enjoying their comics. You break my heart that you don't like Doctor Who, especially this season. I, I'm not kidding. This season is magic. It is so damn good. It, it's good. It's good. But I found the series for Jason. I found this answer. It's got it's got a little bit of the whimsy. It's got a lot of the 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 big ideas and a lot of the fun of Doctor Who, but it's uh-huh. maybe a little a little bit more grounded. But Fantasy it, Island? No, um, <laughs> Farscape. Mm. Oh no! Yeah, no, you don't like yeah, Farscape I th- either. I thought, I thought the Muppets might might bug them a little bit. I love oh, Farscape. Oh. I enjoyed Farscape. Far- I, uh, I I bought Farscape on uh, on iTunes to watch and. Uh, mm-hmm. Couldn't get through the second episode. 
Oh, see now. Okay, you have to give it a chance because it it really picks up. You gotta hang in there. It's like fake. Hang in there. Yeah, hang in there. You gotta hang in there a little bit. Well, I have it, so it it gets it gets much much better, and you you look past the 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 Henson esque part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, Farscape gets really good, but it still has. I mean, because it's you know it's Australian. Basically, mm-hmm. yeah. it has a little bit, a little bit of that that British influence. That it's yeah. it's a little offbeat, a little whimsical. You know, you gotta like a little whimsy, and it surprises me because you're such a I big, a um, hit, uh, you're you're such a big hitchhikers fan. Yeah, that that a little bit of, of British humor and whimsy in it, and you know, it's I, I think Farscape may be a little uh, a little bit easier um, bridge to cross for you than than okay, yeah. fair enough. Than, I yeah, I say less. yeah. I'm actually. Yeah, I just. Uh, I just rewrite Hitchhikers again. What uh, did you say, Lex? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you were gonna say Lex. Yeah. I oh, like Lex. That's all. Lex was so fucked up. I was like, first season was the Lex. best though. Oh, oh, I used to watch that before. Uh, before uh, uh, was it Red, uh, Red Dwarf? Yes. And I'd be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, Lex is really like, good. I was like, I was like, you know, fourteen. I was like, this is fucked up. Oh man, you're making me feel old. Well, is that, that when was when was Lex on? Because it's been a while. It's been a day or two now. I think it's about ten years old, but still, I don't I mean, even know what that is. That. It's ten oh, years it's, too. it's it's like Doctor Who in a brothel. You know, for some yeah. reason, is is it another British show or is it? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. For I was going to say, for some reason, the British TVs the, the shows don't work for me. I don't know why, but uh, like BBC don't. America, every time people read, oh, you got to watch it. I'll put it on, and I'll be like, don't get it. Life on Mars? Didn't see that? Oh, Did, Life on no, Mars. I haven't what? seen the UK version yet. I, oh, I the want, UK oh, version I blows up. Oh, oh, I, I know, I know, no, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, I really. I did like good. the Office. I, I did like the British version oh, the of the Office. office you know, the Office is awesome. Check, check out the 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 newer um, version of the, of Survivors, which I've talked about. I definitely yeah. do want to see Survivors. That is something really we've good. talked about that I want to see. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's, if you like the whole, you know, survivor fiction, which we talked about um, last week, it, it's really good and it's really well done. Right. Nice. I agree. We lost Dave Wachter. Yeah, we're we're just pushing the. Uh, we should be talking about comics, yes. Yeah, let's do that. We I'm should. sorry, it's totally my fault. Totally Absolutely. my fault. Hey, you know, you know, there, there are plenty of there are plenty of it's comics culture, and there are plenty of Doctor Who fans and farts. We just we just we just scratched the itch of many a listener. So I'm done. If, I, if you I do like Doctor Who, click off. keeping it in the in the comics <laughs> arena, check out IDW has a Doctor Who uh, omnibus, right? The best of the Doctor Who. Really? Omnibus? Yeah, IDW has the, one. Did the annual come out today or last Thursday? The, the annual, which kicks off a new storyline, I think, also um, right. came right. out from IDW. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Do you like I Doctor like, Who, David? I, have, I, I haven't seen it enough consistently to, to say yes or no. I remember <laughs> Tom Baker years ago, and I, I, have, I, I saw, I think, a couple episodes of the Eccleston series when, um, when Sci-Fi was rerunning them. We don't yeah. we don't get BBC America. I can't see the new Doctor Who as it comes out. So it's Got just it. something that yeah. it's nuts. Th- this season, thirteen episodes, precision crafted. They had the whole thing planned from the from the get go. The very first episode, right to the end. There are things in, inserted in every episode that build How until you. Better? Fantastic. Fantastic. Ah, that, 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 you, re- you, really good for the BBC. You get to see Great Britain floating in space. 
on a well, ship. It was the come most on. recent one I saw, and I know you got it. It was the first episode of either I don't know if it was the last Doctor Who or the one before that, but basically it was he uh, the a lot of like dummies in the in the shopping mall come alive and start trying to attack the. Oh like, no no that was, that's, that, was yeah. the, that was the first episode of of the the relaunch back in yeah. two thousand five. Yeah, and I was just like. No, you need to watch the. the, the, You you need to watch season five. It's fantastic. It is so damn good. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. I tell you, I liked it. He's not going to like it, man. I liked this season of Doctor Who better than any season of Lost so far. Whoa! Yeah. No, really. It's it's, Chris. Am I wrong? It, it, It is. Yeah, you're asking the wrong person because I've never really watched Lost. Watched Lost. Um, but as, you know, as, I love Lost, Jason. You know, it's it's okay. The whole thing with Doctor Who that is so hard to quantify is that it is it is such a piece of nostalgia for people that grew up watching right, right. it, and the new the new there's nothing like it because the new series it 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 it, it just you know, for the second time, we'll say it, it scratches all the itches of of people that grew up watching it. Right. But it's also been reinvented for a whole new generation of exactly. people. Exactly. You're. That's what I was just going to add. They 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 took it, the the original Doctor Who was very proper, much like the British, and the the mm-hmm. humor was very tongue in cheek, very smart humor. But I think they reluctantly admitted to themselves that. There is a huge honking audience out there that likes action uh-huh. and, and, and mindless special effects. They found a way to incorporate the big bada boom with the smart, well written scripts and humor. Mm-hmm. And it works. It just works. Well, you know, the, the, the thing about, the thing about Doctor Who from the very first episode that you've watched to, you know, back to like 1963 to now, it is that it is an incredibly hopeful show it believes yeah. so much in the human spirit and that's mm. it, 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 oh, it, okay. it yeah it, it's 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 refreshing because there's so much darkness out there and every in all the entertainment that we that we that we love i mean shit i talked about mm-hmm. cross last week which is about as dark as you can get in mainstream comics um doctor who remains so unflappably hopeful Optimistic, and yeah. optimistic about who we are as as a race, and that's it's it's kind of nice to remember that sometimes that at our core, hopefully, we are good. Right, but it's always at with with the con- contingent on the Doctor's help, though, especially this season where every bad guy in the Doctor's Rogues Gallery came after him at once, yeah. and and they're afraid of him. He's Earth's protector. He's like, you know, he's the Green Lantern of, of Britain. He, he protects the whole planet. And his mere presence turns people away because they yeah. know that they're in for a fight whenever the doctor's around. And it's, and it's he's gonna win. so good. Yeah, and he always finds a way to win. That's what's so great about the season finale. He doesn't have the TARDIS. He doesn't have the Sonic Screwdriver. He doesn't have any of his gadgets, and he still manages to win. Oh, come on. Good and God, why? it's so good. Because he's the because, doctor. Because love reigns supreme. Yeah. That's there you go. Hello, uh, this is uh, Christopher Walken. I recently was eating peyote buttons like popcorn and listening to back podcasts of 11 o'clock comics. And I came across the episode where 
that individual left a message regarding religion in comics and said that he would not listen to the show. So, so I, I just wanted to say to him um, that I'm sure, I'm sure that he's a nice fella and that he didn't want to sound like a douche when he left his message. Um, but unfortunately, uh, he did. Uh, thank you. This is Christopher Walken signing out. Let's thank talk you. some comics. Let's do it. Sorry, people. My start now. <laughs> oh. Jason, why don't you lead us off? Because I know you're chomping at the bit. <laughs> let's hear about your Yeah, I actually... We can hear about your good news this week. My good news. Your what new ultimate, today's your, announcement. Your ultimate team. For, oh, that is true. Yeah, the uncanny X Force. Uh, Rick Remender and Jerome Pena, of course, a team I think we all uh, have gushed about uh, quite a bit on the show, are taking over the uh, and they announced the lineup today. And it uh, led by Wolverine, uh, Warren Worthington the um, third, hot version of Psylocke, and then. Storm Shadow. <laughs> you gotta go there, right? Yeah, you try to piss me off tonight? Is that is this piss off with tonight? Just because uh, I then, love you. Uh, and then Phantom X in the motherfucking house! Charlie That's Cluster right. 7, uh, my former avatar on the uh, forums. And uh, and then, of course, a, a little uh, fellow named uh, Wade Wilson. Deadpool. So, uh, pretty much my dream team of uh, of X-related characters in a book together. If but they had Domino in the book, it would literally be my favorite lineup of all time. So. <laughs> but I what's bad, the best... I bad news for you, Wood. You're, ac- you're actually still asleep. You haven't woken up yet. No. <laughs> Seriously. But the coolest part of it is that it's not all ages, it's not parental guidance, it's, it's explicit. explicit. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. going to be... The, uh, the preview image scared me a little bit. I think on, on Twitter when it was posted, mm-hmm. Julian asked me, he's like, well, why do you all hold him guns? And it, to me, it looked like maybe Lane took the image from a G.I. Yeah. Joe movie publicity still. It's just, it, it, and then I don't know what's up with Deadpool. He just looks at a place there with his neck. So he looks kind of like Scud a little bit. It's just, it's well, we, know Pena, but, we know Pena doesn't draw like that, though. Yes, so. no, it's, it's going to look legit. It, it's yeah. going to be pretty funky. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it starts in October. So the, uh, the fallout. It, it gives it, it gives the events from Second Coming, I guess, time to simmer before this kicks yeah, off. And we have and that, to get that's to exactly it. true because this team would not exist without the events of Second Coming. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I must say, I've experienced a lot of X crossovers in my time more than I'd like to admit. Uh-huh. Second Coming ranks among the best. Easily, I agree. It's been yeah. very, very good. Yeah, it's been very I, good. I was jonesing on Necrotia just because of the the team that was at the, the the core of it, and just the the premise was very cool. But it was kind of it had moments of of uh, scatter shotness, like a, like a, a little bit of a hot mess, as Jason likes to say. It was kind of murky in spots, but Second Coming was the bomb all the way through. It, they it. it it was uh, breakneck, actually, for an X crossover. There wasn't a lot of exposition. It was action from the first issue to the last. Absolutely, yeah, it was yeah. really, really good. It, and it, I, it, you had all the. It seemed like a clearinghouse of X concepts. 
like the, a big reset button for the mutant universe where they took all the villains that have been plaguing them for years uh bastion and cameron hodge and madison jeffries and and who else uh come on help me out the names oh uh, pierce lang pierce uh, lang yeah all the all those guys and and that uh came out of x-force with the whole um techno virus reanimating yep. the dead and so again like um civil war into secret invasion into siege this has been building for a really long time in the x universe it's not something they just threw together and we lost a couple of friends too which yeah. i'm still kind of still kind of stinging from one of them we yeah well Kurt. They all pretty yeah. much okay. So look, all. Right, so so spoilers. I mean, I, it's, yeah, big, yeah, I guess big spoilers. It's been a few right. weeks spoiler now. Thing. Spoiler alert. Uh, none of the deaths seem to have. They weren't done when I first heard about when I initially heard the first death, who the first casualty was going to be. It was before I read the story, so I didn't know if they were doing it just for shock value or say, "Hey, look, we're killing people," but <laughs> it. It worked. It 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 served a purpose, but it, it was it actually logical. Made sense, right? Right. Chris, let's as, let's ask Chris this question, and then we'll see what his answer is based on logic. If uh -huh. you were assaulting an army, and uh -huh. that army had the capability of moving resources around at at a, on a whim, what would you take out first? Well, I mean, that's any wars that you take yeah. away. You you take away a military's ability to to supply. And, right. and that's yeah, and that that's exactly who they took out first. They took out the teleporters. Yeah, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, yeah. which was very occurred. slick because it was so tactical. Was. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It was like yeah, I don't know. It was like they brought Chuck Dixon in for uh, from GI Joe over to just to talk tactics for a second. It was hot. You want to hear something funny? One of those um, confessional moments. The Vanisher. Uh, that you felt bad. No, I didn't realize. That his name, his civilian name. Oh, yeah, name, it was Telford Porter. Telford. Dude. No, I realized that. No, 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 no. I realized that name ages ago. I know, but I, I realized. Thank you, Dap. I would hug you through the through the Skype if I could. Right. You now. can hug him as much as you want if you just let me finish. I realize. Do you have any idea how old that character is? I realize his name is Telford Porter, but yes, I didn't sorry, realize but... it was shorthand for teleporter. <laughs> That's teleporter. That. Okay, okay. Vince, that, that's just knowing you with pronunciations, you probably thought his name was Teal for Ted. It wasn't Suck until it, okay? seriously last year that I didn't get the T.O. Morrow. Oh, my God. Oh, see? Okay, I don't feel so bad then. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. I was like, oh, it spells tomorrow. Oh, I would not shouldn't admit that. And how, how fitting was uh, Porter's demise? He's like, fuck this. I'm out of here. They are killing someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you know about my girls? It's, and so that I know. Blam! So, I I'm gonna. <laughs> Should I'm gonna, we mention who's been killed? Yeah, we might as well. Oh, uh, right, as, so. as as Ariel. as we hinted, Ariel. Yeah, Ariel got killed. Yeah. Nightcrawler found uh, an arm in the middle yeah. of his chest. Yeah. Uh, Vanisher, as you just said. Yes. Uh, um, Helian wasn't killed, right? But he was pretty effed up. It, he was yeah. he was maimed. Yeah, Helian was was maimed. Yeah. And uh, in a a stunning bit of stupidity, they uh, they killed my boy Cable. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. Which was another, a great a great way. 
Yes, it was a great way for Cable to go out. They were faced with a situation where the only way, uh, the away team, let's call them X-Force, doing their dirty business, business in the uh, future past storyline where the mutants have lost and uh, the Sentinels and, and Bastion rule supreme. Uh, the only way to get back was through a portal that did not allow organic material to pass through. So obviously, we know Cable's been fighting the uh, legacy virus forever, and he just laid back and let the virus overtake his, his system, and he turned to circuitry. And and uh, from uh, Warlock, the um, what's Warlock's people's name? The, um, the Phalanx. The Phalanx. Uh, just let phalanx? his... Yeah, just let his let his body uh, the technarchy, mm. right? Yeah, so, so, so. let he let his body just succumb to the virus, and he became um, less Living man circuit. and more machine. Yes, and he held the portal open, and that was his demise. He allowed his his buds to get back, and he it was a heroic ending. Life. It was. It was maybe great. He'll it was come back with Warlock. He will come back. Cable will come back. You don't take the greatest X Man off the board. <laughs> oh, he will oh, be back at some God. time. No, that's not hyperbole. There, there's he likes oh, a little bit. David likes the you know, cyclops. When you, when, Wood, when, when, you know. when you're Slim's son, yeah, you kind of have that. But the, the uh, greatest X Men, R.I.P. R.I.P. I don't even right, read okay. the book anymore, and I got so so many now, problems. Well, this with is that. this is tonight. I think is to make up for the except for Young Allies, the lack of of Marvel talk from last week. So anybody who wants yeah. to say that we're a Marvel centric show, you oh yeah, be, because we were we were running low. Hey, it's been a while, all right? You need to refuel once in a while. At least a couple weeks. I definitely have something non-Marvel I want to talk about. Yeah, I do too. We're not uh, done, though. No, 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 no. No, 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 I'm just saying. I'm going to get the, um, I'm going to get my feelings on on the bad out of the way first, just so that we can... Sure it was bad. Uh, the, the the nitpicky stuff. As okay. Far as oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So there's bad there. No, from even David. if even if we didn't have actual casualties, a lot of people lost. Well, we'll say limbs. As you mentioned, Hellion Karma. Um, yeah. Colossus didn't exactly leave, uh, uh, unscathed. So um, yeah, Colossus see, got his arm all bent up, <sighs> busted. How does that happen? Well, What's underneath the metal? Noticed, you noticed how he hasn't changed back yet, so right. That's going to be messy. Now, the I after reading this, this really, um, I didn't like you said it was action packed, and and I didn't. There wasn't really anything that felt disjointed between writers because you had quite a few writers here. You had Carrie, you had Yost, you had uh, you had Fraction. So I mean, you had people with with pretty distinct voices, but it all made sense together it all worked well together i looked at it after reading the 13th chapter it was it was more like a writer's event even though right. for the most part the art was there because you had the dotsons you had uh you you had um was it ibriam on on uh new mutants Choi and obak or was See, it, now, no and, just Choi. well well Choi yeah and, and obak yeah so yeah. has the uh the colorist the colorist that that's one area where i I like Choi's style, but um, it, because it wasn't consistent throughout the book and only on the X-Force book, some of those movie-style special effects, like when Beast and Prodigy are, are in a panel and they close up on Beast because he's talking and Prodigy's all phased and fuzzy in the back, and then they Prodigy talks and now Beast is in the forefront, but he's fuzzy. The, those little effects kind of 
take me out of it a little bit, but I'm yeah. I'm I'm reading the words at this point, so I don't. Special effects w- are fine. I will um, agree with you that Choi definitely dropped the ball on what could have been to date the most important page in his career, and I think he fumbled it. The page where Wolverine takes his mask off, where they're they're coming back from whatever they were doing, and it was right after Nightcrawler died, and uh, they approach Cyclops, who's all sullen and looking the other way, mm-hmm. and Wolverine pops his claws and said and says Elf when X twenty three asks who she could tell she can sense someone died, and and she says who, and Wolverine says Elf. That's a boring page. That is. It, it, it's just a lackluster, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't carry any weight. It's just two heads, a snicked, and, and, a, yeah. and, a, and a wide panel yeah. showing who's, it's boring, you know? The, and it, yeah. it could have been something special. Well, he, he kind of made up for it with, with Wolverine lashing out. The, the last page with, um, with Hope levitating, we'll say, on, on the Golden Gate Bridge. Um, there were some panels, yeah. mostly splash pages, that he really seemed to put a lot of work into. It's it's one of those. This is one of those um, times where I didn't need to know every player, but it would have been nice to know. Because like what Fraction likes to do with with, with the little blurb in, yeah. in Uncanny, and he'll yeah. say, you know, Scott Summers, owner of a jetpack, you know, leader of the X Men. It, it would have been nice to know who Hellion is. I never read too many issues of the new X Men, so the only reason I know Surge is because she used to be in the corner of the old bullpen Bolton's page. Okay. So. There oh, yeah. are a lot of characters that you know. I mean, I know Rockslide. I know I know a few of of the mutants, but I don't know them all. And even though there's only 198 or now 192, but there's, there, I just it would have been nice to know who everybody was. I didn't need to know their origin, but just right. little things like that. And um, because you have multiple artists, and th- there was just there was some inconsistencies. Is you have you have Wolverine and X23 emerging. From from a blowed up real good truck, and, <laughs> and and you know they're regenerating their skin and their hair and everything. And then the next issue is X Force, and here's Wolverine, and pretty much, with a, the exception of a couple of rips, pretty much a full costume. And and if you have a team of editors overseeing this event, I would think there'd be a little bit more consistency in the way everybody looks, especially if you now have Greg Land drawing an issue, and now everybody's older and mouths are all open and a lot of the expressions didn't match anything that anybody was saying when when land was drawing not that this is news to anybody oh, yeah. yeah that's not news. yeah very, but very yeah. I, when when um when and hope one thing cable, hope is 16 years old right she she should not have a d cup no she, she, she's, she's 16, 16 years old, old when everybody but land draws her yeah. And yeah, but you know, David. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I had cited a frustration with this one, um, with that hope one shot that they put out. Yes, because they. Uh, I mean, I love Steve Dillon, but Homeboy drew her in like Oshkosh Bagosh overall. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And I was <laughs> like, dude, she's been in battle armor since she was a newborn. Know, like, like I mean, she's got her animals on, dude. I mean, <laughs> I did like, but like you're right. Like, wouldn't the editor say to Steve? Like, shouldn't there have been a um, like a model sheet, right? Like, I would hey, think so. from the far from future, fighting for her life, her entire life, so she's wearing battle outfit like Cable would wear. Like, I mean, which, <laughs> yeah. I'll you tell know, you though, like, Do- you know. Dodson does a great job drawing her as a small frame petite girl. Yes. Love yeah. Dodson. Love, yeah. love, I, I, I love I the think, Dodson page of Uncanny. Love Rogue him. looked great in pretty much every version, except for Legacy, except for and the the only thing I can say about Land, which kind of just 
really summed it all up and, and how I felt about it is when, when Hope finally tells Cable, I'm going to stay and fight, he, he, he walks away so they can get ready for battle. And in anybody else, there probably would have just been a little smirk, but he's got like Cable practically grinning and showing his, all his teeth. And it's like, that really just isn't the look somebody would have after. It's, it's like when, when, um, when the New Mutants told Cyclops that, uh, yeah, there, there's a redheaded girl and, and, and an older guy on I-80, and, and Cyclops is like, oh, you don't say, and there was this, just this little smile because he knew it. That's what was missing when th- th- there's just expressions matter, and and they didn't, unfortunately, in X-Men Legacy, but I want to let somebody else talk for a bit. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of MVPs in this story, and I think the most surprising to me was the recently resurrected Cypher. There's no way yeah, they would have yeah, won. Yeah. yeah. They would never have won this battle without Cypher's help. No. Yep. And Namor. Well, you know, I don't know, Vince, I don't think you listened to it, but you know the Uncanny X-Cast guys? Mm-hmm. They, uh, Cypher is, uh, is, is one of their, like, it's always been a, kind of a running joke in their show over the years that they love Cypher. You know, great. And they, and if they have a like a, a ex creator on to do an interview, they'd be like, when are you going to bring Cypher back? You know, and, and so they're, <laughs> they've been giddy. They've been, Wait, you know, mean Doug, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've been just it's not Cypher. It's back. Doug Ramsey. It's Doug uh, Ramsey. It, it, no, yeah, okay. It's, it's actually Doug. Cypher. It's, it's not Cypher. It's Doug. It's if it, Doug. If it includes him in the conversation, just say it's Doug. Yeah, oh, it's, it's Doug. Doug. It's Doug. Yeah. And uh, yes. um, the uh, the big big brain squad of um, oh I always my forget, god. <laughs> yes, I always forget I their names. Doctor Nemesis. I love Doctor Nemesis. He's fantastic. My hat. Madison Jeffries. Love it. Love it, my and boy. Doctor in the house. The Indian doctor from uh, Messiah Complex. What was yep. her name? Rao. Yes. Actually, it was no. It was even before Messiah Complex. It was during Whedon's Astonishing Run. That's who. Yeah, yes, to, yes, who yes. Yeah. You're right. But you had the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants fighting side by side with the X Men because awesome. the entire mutant population was. You know, why couldn't Toad die? I mean, he loses. Right, yeah, I know. Finger, you know. Yeah. And and who gets to draw Toad? But Greg Land. It's like okay, that's pretty fitting. Uh, but uh, so you had the entire mutant population encased in a red sphere. The sphere penetrated the ground. It was a complete sphere. No way in, no way out. Thor couldn't crack it with his hammer. Ben Grimm couldn't crush it. And uh, you had the big how to break through it. Yeah. Right. The big brain squad uh, did their job. Yep. So yeah, it was pretty cool. A great crossover. Really well done. It was, and they even uh, they even uh, made uh, Cyclops seem pretty dope. And ah! I was gonna, I know, I was gonna wow. say that it, it it seems to be a trend lately that the X writers really have a handle on on Scott Summers because uh, Messiah Complex, he was excellent in that Utopia. He really shined. That's where I think they finally got a grasp on what it is to be Scott Summers, where yeah. every every decision you make, no matter. Yeah. Who you favor is going to come back to bite you on the ass, and he, yep. they should just crucify him now because he's carrying the cross for all of the mutant population on his back. He and can't that, yeah. make a right decision. It killed me. It was it was one of those times. It was it was the movie scene where I love you and I'll 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 talk to you when I get home, and he's going to propose to her, but he ends up dying. Or it's the cop with the last day his last day on the force before he retires. That was Nightcrawler when he tells Scott, "We need to talk." 
because nobody else knew about X Force. I mean, even so, right. God forbid. But it's like, oh yeah, how about and, that and, scene? We and, have to talk. <laughs> Fuck yeah. you. We have you to know, talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Go Mrs. back, Mrs. Panther. Go back just, to Wakanda and have a good so, time. So, like, oh, well, tell Scott. He's like, you know what? I I don't agree with this. And he's like, you're not even relevant feel, anymore. Don't question my order. And just you know, you can bite my head off when you get back. And and then how about how about the not so subtle emasculation of Professor Xavier. Oh, that was yes. oh Scott. I never. Yes. Knew I mean, after, you wouldn't even think this. that he was in the book, right? I mean, but yeah. he's, he's basically just a do, a do boy. Every now and then, come up to Scott and like, uh, Scott, if there's anything you need me to do, just let me know. <laughs> Would you like a coffee, uh, Mister Cyclops? Like, we got this, dude. You want a hot towel? And then, Maybe and some he has grill cream. Talks to his son, and then you have Nathan Fox drawing the uh, Legion pages. Yes, Chris, cool. Nathan Fox. Dude, yeah, I gotta say, great. the 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 way they use Legion was real cool. It was real. Yes. having him yes. like be able to select like a video game, like his the character he needed to use, very dial. L very for good. Legion. Yeah, real cool. <laughs> it was cool. It was it's it was like very box. good. It, yeah. it was surprisingly well done. And and I'm not saying that because the X books have been on a downturn. It's just that we get into these events and they're good and they're fun, but they're really not weighty. But the past couple, Messiah Complex, huge import. This yeah. is is the reset button I was looking for because all the baggage in the X books is now gone. We, it is it's all the, gone. It's, yeah, it it's the heroic thought, age I, I for the mutants. It hasn't been, and um, like I, I hope now, now Scott isn't going to be all mopey or be like, but you saw her eyes, right? You don't. What does that mean? Her eye, hope's eyes, and it's like just. I, I just hope he he stays the course. It's it's been great. It it doesn't need to to stray from that. He he still. I just I know hope is there, and I'm 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 glad this is what he believed in, and it all seems to be panning out for for what he wanted and mm-hmm. and uh, he well, we didn't his... read the one today something could no. have happened today you're right okay. you're right so i mean i i just I, I i don't want anything to revert back to to how some creators used to handle him that that's all i'm saying yeah, yeah, no. yeah danielle moonstar is a bitch oh she my god to, With yeah she needs to hope and getting in her face uh-huh. Yeah, Danny Moonstar. Oh, yeah. She they, they have been casting her as like the the antagonist for the last. Yeah, I don't get that. That's, that's, not, right. That. that's that. not right. Well, well she's she a Valkyrie, power, so, so she's got to like overcompensate or something. It's like damn. Yeah. Well, she can the still call the. Street. Oh, mm-hmm. you're you're breaking up, buddy. She can still call the horse, right? The the she can still tap into that. Is she is she, is she still a Valkyrie? No, she's I not think a Valkyrie now. She's not, but she. I mean, they used that's that stupid. recently. In um, they used it in Utopia. Yeah, in yeah, Utopia, she she called the the power, but I mean, Sentinels, Nimrods, Master. Yeah. yeah, she's in New Mutants, okay. Master Mold. She's, this she's, was a she's, great. She's depowered. She's one of the ones that got depowered after. It was uh, a great story. Uh, yeah. Okay, she's not one of the one ninety eight. No, right? Uh, no, no. Magneto. Oh, this is it's I so good. Is he still around? Yes, yeah, back. Yeah, er- he's back. Eric Lenshaw. You know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, there's always a huge suspension of disbelief when we talk about superheroics and villains, and and we all know that. But I was thinking as I was reading this that there are certain characters whose origins are such a part of their character that it kind of gets a little complicated. Like, like Cap is from world, you know, uh, is from the you know World War Two, and we know that, but. Yeah. But but it's easy to just keep that going because he was frozen. So whether it, you could say to yourself in your mind now, oh, he was frozen for forty years instead of yeah. you know ten. You know, but with Magneto, he was a Holocaust survivor, and so you know, and he won't let you forget it. It's going to be a day or two. Yeah, yeah it's getting to be a little <laughs> bit dated. Like how you gonna? I mean, yes, he's an older guy, but he's not. You know, I mean, at some point, he's still pretty fit. Yeah, I wonder how they can keep that his origin, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I guess uh, they can. Tied to his powers, maybe 
something and, and being the master. Well, remember, I think the official explanation is that he came back as a uh, as a younger clone of himself. That was the right. I mean, that, right. That's uh, the current. He's technically so he's o- he's older than you know. He's in his you know probably late fifties or something, but he's not. He's he's and, still a younger version of what he would actually be. And he messed around with Storm too, didn't he? Or not Storm? Um, uh, Rogue. 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 Yeah, oh, he yeah, was yeah, hitting yeah, that. Yeah. Double, yeah. <laughs> well, Age of Apocalypse too. In the Savage Land, yeah, he was hanging around. Oh, dude, that goes all the way back to Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah this, I mean, I was just saying he's been "quote unquote" reborn young for a while. I'm just saying it's just no. I mean, he, him and he tell the no, iron no, in his no, I'm, sorry, that, that, I'm sorry, that was Wasp. I, I get, I get, I get confused with all the trim that Magnus is. <laughs> he, <laughs> he does. He does. Uh, he is quite fetching he, for a he's dude. Like, he's like Cyclops. Now the the. Uh, oh boy. Oh please! How many? Anyway. I respected one, Cyclops at the end of the story. I did. One character. He, well, one character I didn't respect. Hank McCoy. Yeah, he was kind him, of a whiny bitch. You, you own this. This is on you. You'll never live this down. I can't. And and Cyclops wipes his beast spit off his specs, and he's like, uh, "This would have been the world to Kurt. Thanks for coming." But it was it was very womanlike, and I'm I'm sorry if anyone takes this the wrong way, but it was just like he bitched at him, but he still helped him. Well, like he said, the Hippocratic Oath. It, it, you know, you can't yeah. leave him in the lurch. But I'll still help you, but I don't agree with it. Well, then shut up. And just, do your, just do your job, Fido. Be like Storm and just go fire a lightning <laughs> Did bolt. you just call him Fido? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Glad it was good stuff. And uh, I think the inclusion of the Days of Future Past world was a great, great that idea because good. that's one of the great. best loved uh, X events, not events, but storylines. Oh, yeah. Back in the, in the, in the day, it, it would have been an event. Oh sure, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that was a nice thing about it. You only had to read one book. I know. And awesome. the hardcover is solicited in the previews in this month, this previews, month yep. so you can Look get it at for, that. for September. So get it. Amazing. Get it. Mm-hmm. Well, earlier in the week, Jason sent me an email, a PM. He communicated with me, in other words, and oh, said, I did. I you know what? I've been, I've been trying you to respond to him. Okay. Yeah, I kind of did. Oh, he's damn it, breaking up, you're breaking up. Unheard of. Take it, So I sent Vince an email and said, "Dude, you know what we should do this week?" I said, "We should do a random pile." Oh God! Like Vince, like we did a few weeks ago. I think Chris wasn't on that episode, though, was he? No, I was not. That I was out. Well, that was oh, a big God. hit for those that didn't listen to that episode. Vince kind of sprung it on Dap and I and said, uh, "Hey, just go grab the first pile nearest to you. I don't care if you've read it, haven't read it, and let's just go through a couple of the things in the in the pile and talk about it real quick, kind of quick hit style." And I was just thinking about, you know, um, might be a, a not a bad uh, time to go ahead and do that because I've been reading a bunch of stuff, and I, I, I certainly don't. Um, we don't have the time or inclination to spend a long time dissecting each one, but uh, you know, some of them definitely deserve a shout out. So uh, I thought we might grab a couple piles and just see what we got sitting next to us. All right, I got a huge pile of comics here. I got to go through, nice. so I'm, I'm set. I'm ready. Well, why don't you start us off, Chris, since you were in here the last time? All right. Oh, so it's the the rule is, and I'm actually sitting below this pile. That's how the big this fucking pile is. Um, so just grab the first thing Damn. on top. Whatever you want, buddy. All right. Hold on. Oh shit! Dropped. Okay. What we got here? Oh, hey. Um, Casanova, number one. By the, the new oh, number one. Good. Yep, the new number one from mm-hmm. Matt Fraction and Gabriel Baugh, which yeah. I have not reread, but I have re. Um, browse through. Mm-hmm. Um, if you read um, Casanova four years ago, which was kind of uh, Matt Fraction's last 
um, kind of indie book before he migrated over to Marvel. It is it is a wonderfully trippy and beautiful and awesome uh, multi dimensional espionage story. Think uh, um, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield meets uh, the Prisoner and uh, uh, Luther Arkwright. Nice. It's 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 nutty that way, but but just uber cool. Um, all starring Mick Jagger. Um, now, what's the difference with Nick the? Cave. Is there any difference with this version? Yes. Then? Okay. Big difference. Big differences. Um, first of all, um, the original series was uh, sixteen pages, no ads, right? Uh, in images, slimline format. Mm-hmm. It's been re. Um, relaunched, and they're going to print two issues per, so it's going to be 32 pages of okay. story per, per issue. And um, where the uh, the first series was printed in two color, it was uh, uh, black and green, yeah, and white. Uh, this is full color, but the coloring oh. in it is, is is absolutely stunning. It Who does is. The coloring? Uh, I think it works better in color. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it it's it's a little bit more lush, and the coloring. You're going to ask me that, weren't you? Um, I think you can. Uh, my the initial read through from the first printing, I had to go back and try and make sense of a lot of panels just to see what was going on uh, because okay. there was a lot of blacks, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And uh, this way, uh, in the, with the in the recolored version, you can actually. Yep. It's effortless to see what's yep. going on in each scene. It's great. Chris Peter does and. Uh, the coloring and it's it's not it's not really vivid coloring. No, it's, no, it's, it's very, very tasteful. It's a very it's a very muted palette, and it even keeps some of the the two color or three color, I guess, um, um, pages are in there. Now the okay. big difference, and and I think Vince and David in particular will will really dig on this. Whenever they rem these are really remasters of the original series. Right. The biggest change is not the coloring, not the coloring. They went back and they hand lettered it. Yes, yes they, they did. did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it cool. looks really good. And I tell you what, for for people that don't really understand the difference between computerized lettering and hand lettering, go pick up the first issue of Casanova, the oh, the, the image one, and then and then get this one. And not that I mean, okay, digital lettering is just a part of the industry now and it's there and you don't even really notice it. But man, whenever you see real hand lettering, that's, I mean, it's fine dining. It's, oh, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. it makes a difference, man. It, yeah, it's, right. You know, you're talking, you know, it's, it's, it's Gibson's Steakhouse compared to McDonald's. Uh, it's, uh, but you get a backup story in this issue. That's the other difference is that there, yeah. each issue is going to give you. No, no, no. Two parts? No, no but the first, yes, no, yes. first issue is the original first issue and. 16 pages of, of an additional story, but issues... What about the, the back matter? Is that included again? New no. back matter. Yeah. It's, new it's, back matter. Yeah, new yes. Back matter. yes. Issues 2, 3, and 4 are going to double up on the image issues 2 and 3, 4 and 5, and 6 and 7. Yeah. Okay. And, cool. and the, the backup story in this issue is drawn by Fabio Moon. Fabio. Yes. And there's right. boobies in it. It's really yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah the, I didn't do a triple dip point. on this, because I... I got the, I've I've bought Luxuria, you know the hardcover that he put out, mm-hmm. uh, and then because it didn't have stuff in it, I I went and got the issues. So I have both of those, and I just didn't see. Wait, 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 because, because the, this is this is going to be collected. 
Exactly. No, yeah. exactly. That's so I will probably triple dip. I just didn't want to quadruple dip. <laughs> so. Yeah, no shit. No shit. It's yeah. uh even though it probably takes reading it four or five times to really get what the Yeah, I would say on. for those that aren't familiar with the work, um Vince alluded to it. I, I would say the first the first sitting or two on on Luxuria, I was like, huh, man, I don't know. It is something that makes you work. But once you kind of once it clicks in your head and you get a you get a sense of what's really going on with the with the dimension hopping and stuff, then it really is a lot of fun. Right. Well, but you got to kind of get your arms around that and get comfortable with it. Right. Fraction doesn't yep. pander. That's what I liked. Make me it's work true. for something because I'm such yeah. a lazy ass. You got to put me through my paces, and he really does with with Casanova. You he, have he, to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't give you a roadmap. Yeah. It's um, yeah. and and that's why I kind of say it's um, um, if you like the adventures of Luther Arkwright, um, this will this will appeal to you because Luther Arkwright doesn't hold your hand. It, it switches from from timeline to dimension with, with you know at breakneck speed, and yeah. you kind of have to keep up with it. And if you don't, you can get kind of washed over with it. Right. And, and Casanova can be like that too. So, which um, uh, is actually mentioned in the back matter as one of the works that inspired Fraction to do Casanova, mm-hmm. along oh, with yeah. yes, along with American Flag. And yeah. Grendel and uh, Fritz Lang's Testament of Dr. Mabuse. But he okay. also mentions Danger Diabolic, Mario Bava's Not movie. Oh, I love that movie. And uh, you could, as soon as he, he uh, included that, I was like, yes. Ah, you know, that's where some of this comes from. Uh, Mario Bava, great, great director. And uh, all of his films uh, so different. But Danger Diabolic is great. Well, really dude, good in stuff. all seriousness, Vince, you know who is patterned after Diabolique, right? Yes. Phantom X. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> I'm just going to make it work for it, buddy. Say it. Well, Say my name. I, I, I mean, uh, because you guys know I have been a huge fan of Phantom X forever. And admittedly, uh, part of my uh, uh, love for him is that he was such a um, quirky... Uh, peripheral character. So it is kind of fascinating to me that of all the characters that, that he's sort of getting run now. But I guess it would make sense because you figure a lot of the guys that are writing the X-Books now credit the new X-Men run as being really one of the only X-Runs that really mattered to them. So oh, I, the, the, the Morrison the Morrison run? Yeah, so I can see why he would be in their you know, yeah. minds to use. But but, g- uh, give credit where it's due. A lot of Morrison stuff can be uh, scene in Danger Diabolic too. That's a very important movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It influenced a lot of people. Uh, I'm going next just because, and I have sure. one quick one, and then I'm going to do a comic. I bought this today, and uh, visually it was so attractive to me that oh. I forgot to buy Amazing Spider-Man today. I, yeah. I, was, I was going through the Marvel books, and I picked up the two Hulk... World War Hulk crossover things, and and uh, I'm going down the, the the table, and amazing is a amazing, so it's closest to the end, and I almost got to amazing when I spied this out of the corner of my eye, and I said, ooh, and I ran over to it. It's another comic book newspaper in the tradition of Wednesday comics, and 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 smoke signal, uh, like I talked about before. It's called Pood Number One. Pood. As in Cut, cutting edge comics for mature readers. It's a lot bigger than Wednesday Comics. It's uh, published by Big If Comics out of Brooklyn, New York. Four bucks. Jason, one of the teams in particular will make you squeal like a schoolgirl, but before I get there, it contains <laughs> Baby Slithers by Sarah Edward Corbett, 
Super Love People by Kevin Much, The Ring by Finton Tate, Don't Forget to Remember by Tobias Tack, Lance Hansen's Tenderfoot, Henrik Rear's Nevertheless Alive, Cloverleaf by Adam McGovern and Paolo Leandri, Work Projection Administration by Mark Sunshine, Sunita by Bishak Som, I hope I got that right, Leonor by Andres Vera Martinez, Giraffe Trapping Music by Chris Capuzzo, Cockley and Eustacia by Hans Rickett, I know who he is, Fiddle Song by Connor Williamson, Cafe Opozo by Jeff Grogan, Rami and Soupy in Dreams of Flight by Joe Inferiani, but the one that's going to get Jason all a flutter uh-huh. is U.S. Ape. By Jim Rugg and Brian Maruka. Oh, boy. Oh, you need to see this, Jason. Damn it, it I need to have this. It's an ape with a machine gun. Nice. Listen, listen to this bit of dialogue. Tell Allah Uncle Sam says, fuck you, and he's blowing away <laughs> insurgents with a machine gun. It's, just, it's a full page. It's really big. It must be like... Uh, gee, 16 by 22, 23. It's really, really big. And Muslim Monkey Attacks, U.S. Ape. It's really nice. You need to get this. Everything in this comic is so nice. Chrome Fetus, Coakley, by, uh, and Eustasia is brilliant. It's just mm-hmm. every one different from the one before, and they're all stunning. It's so worth the $4. It's it's the indie comics Wednesday comics in other words it's really nice there's some Kirby esque comics in here uh, full color there's uh, the majority of them are full color let me see one two three four say eight pages in full color and the the guts in the middle are not but it it's so worth it you need to get it Jason and I saw US Ape and I said well. Jason's going to be four dollars yeah, poorer yeah, because I was going to say I did not pre-order that. I might have to ro- roll over to Midtown tomorrow. Well, I'm sure if you send Zach a message, that Cameron probably has a bunch of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. On, on hand, but uh, the uh, back cover, Rami and Soupy, it looks like it's it's brilliant. I I, I can't even describe it. It looks uh, classic yet contemporary. It's it's fantastic. So get it, Pood. It has a cool name, Pood. Don't be a lame awesome. dude. Buy you some pood. But the one I wanted to talk about, and I, I hinted at it last week, Batman Odyssey. Oh, who read this? You, you had to have read it. I have not read it. Yeah. I, I flipped through it just to just to look at the the pretty pictures. <laughs> yes, I bought a Batman book, but only because it was written and drawn by Neil Adams, and it's the very same Batman from Miller's All Star Batman and Robin. It has to be. Yeah. It, it, By the way, we it, are totally in Bizarro World right now. Vince is I know. bringing up a DC book. It's, it's People are ne- falling out of their seats. It's Neil Adams. Yeah, and, no, and I can understand. I'll be honest. It looks a hell of a lot better than it reads. Yeah. But kind of like I, the, I expected Batman, that. That seems to be running theme with Batman these days. Uh, he, hey, hey, hey. I was going to say, please don't tell me you're going to gonna. Let's not go there. Hey, return to Bruce Wayne. Don't give me. Yeah, that's that's good. It's oh, good. Well, yeah, well, hold on. I mean, you should know better than to think I'm talking about Return of Bruce Wayne. Uh, right. I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about the Tony Daniel hot mess and the soon to be oh. David Finch hot mess. And- oh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you know, judge, baby. I enjoyed I know, uh, totally Return of. Judging. I enjoyed. Say, that. Hey, you guys know I'll 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 eat some crow. If the I will read the first arc of the David Finch version, and if it's good, I will eat I will eat my words. 
the the Tony Daniel. I don't think we have to. Will be, you will know be it's going to be pretty because yeah, Finch is really good. It's yeah. you know the but Batman and Robin continues to be very good. Grant Morrison. It's, well, I should. Well, yeah. I would actually correct you there. I think Batman Robin had a little bit of a down dip after a really good start, and it's back to being very good again. It's the yeah. fire. Yeah, it's, it's on fire. Yes. But, um, okay, go ahead. Obviously. Adams. Adams is savvy enough to include the classic Batman elements, or at least the Silver Age Batman elements. <laughs> you, you, you have Man Bat. You know the the camaraderie between Batman and Robin, and Dick Grayson is in the the Robin costume. Is he Wayne Manor or the penthouse on top of Wayne Enterprises? Uh jeez, that's a really good question. It's the Batcave, so I don't know. But um, like I said, it's it's all very similar to what Frank Miller did in All Star Batman and Robin. Uh, Bruce kind of berates the kid, calls him stupid, talks down to him. Verbally abuses him, in other words. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, the writing's kind of wonky. But so what? It's Neil Adams. It's visually. Right. How's it look? I mean, let's just talk about what matters. How does it look? It's stunning. It's stunning. Um, uh, One of the people, one of the posters on our forum said that uh, the modern coloring kind of surprised him on Neil Adams' work. This Uh looks nothing different than a continuity comic. If yeah, okay. if you've seen the coloring and continuity, be familiar with that, right? It, it's, it, it, it's a continuity comic, and it's if you're expecting the 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 high water era Neil Adams Batman, this is not it. It's, does a, he it's think Valeria the She Bat. It's because you know it's very there. It does evoke Valeria the She Bat because Man Bat's in it. <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. I'm not kidding. The the double page spreads are magnificent. The scene with uh, Bruce and Dick in the Batmobile and the wheels flip up and it flies. It's a great double page. The it's guy, really the guy knows how to tell a story. He he certainly does. And this yeah. I the, the writing is a little wonky. So what? It's a good comic. Yeah. It's fun. And and you know well, we fall we 69 years old. So I mean <laughs> right. Uh, you know. We tend to fall back on that as a, an escape clause a lot. Where yeah, it was fun. But that doesn't really comment on the writing. It's a, it's strange. It, it's very strange. Really? Yeah. yeah. Neil Neil's still pretty spry for being. It's I. He's That's a guy that. Saying, yeah. He he's he's always going to be kind of a young guy. Even whenever he you know the day he dies, he's going to die a young guy. And, and I respect that about him. But it's um, very wordy too. Did it have a variant type of cover? <laughs> I wish that'd be awesome. I'd buy two of them. I, I'm going to. I'm. I'm going to wait for the hardcover for a couple of reasons. One, because there'll probably be unpublished pages or sketches where where I won't have the harmful words covering up the pretty art. But also, I'm going to wait for him to. Um, harmful. Words. I'm going to wait for him to to want to redraw everybody's head for the collection. Oh boy! So, You're so, so boy, much anger. So, so much anger. So much. You hear the bitterness? I know. Bitterness. It's, it's, grudges, it's, man. It's, David, you got to admit, you got to you do hold grudges, dude. I, yeah, but, I do. but family does. Don't, don't you think that a Neil Adams drawn Batman is a cause to rejoice? That's why oh, I want. Yeah. I'm getting really, the collection. Dude. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not trying to be funny. Oh, I'm not pointing any kind of gnarly fingers at you. You can respond to this any way you want and I would agree with you because I love you so much but uh, just listen to the dialogue I mean the, the Batmobile's tires flip up and it's flying and Robin says are those tires and Bruce says retracting yes the the bow and aft wheel wells are retrofitted to seal dot 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 ellipsis 
for hydroplaning. This is new. Feels like a cigarette boat. Unfortunate name, ellipsis, but yeah, same, same. No, hey, right, I got it. I like it. I love it. It's mine. God, ellipsis. Boy. It's just weird. The writing is a little strange. It's, it's fun, though. Yeah. And, and cool. again. Well, let's, just, let's focus on how beautiful the art is. Stunning. I mean, well, I'm saying it sounds like, I mean, you're not the first to say that it's really not a very compellingly well-written book. But I, to be fair, I didn't order expecting it to be a great read. I right. And, and. Uh, we're we're not um, making excuses for any kind of lack in the writing. I didn't expect it to be uh, a Grant Morrison or uh, a Kirkman comic. It, it's not exceptionally well written, but it was damn enjoyable. So at the end of the reading experience, was it successful? Yeah. It's not the best written comic in the world, but I had a great time reading it and... I got my three ninety nine worth, um, and if you feel that's uh, putting a band aid on the situation, then I, well, I don't know what to tell it's, you. It's your three ninety nine. You're enjoying it. That's all that matters. I'm, I'm going to read it with the the Nasonex B narrating it. Nasonex. Wow, so much anger. Why is there anger with that? Holy crap! <laughs> you sounded like I a muppet when you said that. that. Why is anger with that? No, but I'm I'm thrilled to see. Hey, look at it this way. DC somehow got me to buy a Batman book after... Neil, Neil Adams got you to buy a Batman book. Yeah, exactly. Well, they had the smarts to allow him to do the project. If he came there up to go. the DC office and said, Yo, Mama, I want to do a Batman book. And they said, I don't think so, Hollow yeah. Earth man. <laughs> you know, <you're... laughs> no, but nobody, nobody... Oh, Vince isn't angry over that, though. No, no. I'm not. I love his theories. Yeah, yeah that's why I don't get it. Anyway. Mm -hmm. And if this is going to be a 12-issue series, you're going to get a lot of story. Because there was... 12 a... issues? It's what it says on the cover. Oh, it's going to take eight yeah. fucking years. That's the other oh, reason. I mean, David nice. mentioned a couple of reasons why he's waiting for the hardcover. I'm waiting for all those reasons and the fact that it's probably going to be finished up in about 2000. By like, by like <laughs> issue seven, there's going to be a huge breakdown between Neil and DC. <laughs> and, oh, and, I don't care. And it's going to, it's, it's going to, the last, uh, what, the last four issues are going to be completely drawn by, by Josh Adams. Nice. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that because the, the kid has chops. There's a pinup of Batman drawn by Josh Adams and inked by Kevin Nolan. It's not bad. You know what? It's not you know too what? shabby. No, Nolan okay. can make me and it won't look bad. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say anything about the, the ability of Josh Adams, but I could probably draw something, and if Kevin <laughs> Nolan thinks it, it's going to look okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> that's just really terrible of you to say. Yes. That. Oh, it really is. You're so angry, Chris. No, give the kid some credit. He even if he's growing up in that house, if he couldn't draw, that honest problem. to God, David, thank you very I don't much. Know, I mean, the I mean, why they're both good. I'm not. I'm not saying they're they're as good as Daddy, but they're good. <laughs> wow, it's getting dark. Holy, it shit. is. We're getting real up here because no. y'all are titles. We move on because it's supposed to be a quick heading thing. Aquaman's coming up. Aquaman will be in Batman Odyssey. Thank you well, very much, Black Aladdin. Aquaman. Aquaman. No, <laughs> no, that's that's oh, Aladdin. Oh, yeah, Black Aladdin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is not friggin' right. I'm loving this episode. This <laughs> yeah, is so awesome. Uh, Dude, you gotta admit though, it is kind of funny, all uh, like seeing some of the editorials about about DC's racial lack of diversity, and then them trying to trumpet how diverse they are by having a black a black Aqualad who literally is living up to the stereotype of hating to swim. You know, I, let me say I one mean, thing. On. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, honestly, I mean, it, 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 is he black man? His son. 
I don't know. I don't know. Why? I know, because he's I, black? I Does he have to be black and his son? They were talking about the fact that uh, he... What if he, he's Amanda he, Waller's son? He hates to swim, and he's afraid of the water. Uh, which but I just want to talk about that one image that was on the cover of previews for this month of... Right. The, 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 the dead... Brightest day with the dead man clawing at the ground and uh, Aqualad behind him. That could have been a legendary cover because Finch nailed the dead man part, yeah. but the Aqualad part is so friggin' boring. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not dynamic at all. Did you not learn anything from Bernie Hogarth? He's just standing there. But you got right. the dead man, and he's clawing at the ground, and it's great. It looks like a classic Warren cover. And then you look at Aqualad, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just standing here, my my hands on fire." Mm-hmm. Push it, dude. Come on, get us interested in this stuff. I'm sorry. That's a theme for you this week. If uh, guys not down, not, not, cu- not bringing it home on the splash pages, I need to feel. Make me feel. Make me want to buy that. And he could have done it because the dead man's classic. It's a beautiful dead man image. I'll tell you what, if you if you're if you're a dead man fan, uh Brightest Day has been a lot of fun. What's that? Brightest Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm it's sorry. David, what's on what's on your stack? This shit well, kicks I'm like a, a mule. I'm Holy I'm crap. Not, I'm moving yeah, blame I'm it on the beer. Thanks, I am right, I'm gonna I'm gonna not take the thing that was on top because I'm gonna try to turn a positive. Then you're cheating. <laughs> you're you're right. cheating. You need to take I, the I, thing on top. If only for a minute, take it on top. All right, I'll say the title. You'll tell me to move on. Okay. Okay. Do it. The new Avengers finale. Oh yeah, move on. I didn't okay. read it. What's what's so move on about move, it? Move, no, move let's on. not. Let's move, spend move, time move, move celebrating on. comics we enjoy. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's, 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 exactly. let's stay happy. Let's all stay right. happy. Okay. All right. I don't know uh, what he's talking about, but whatever. I'll I'll tell you later. The first two issues of iZombie. All yeah. right. Oh, now, that's interesting that you're saying moving on to something positive because you alluded last week. I did, you, because yeah. I didn't read the second issue yet. Okay. You're and forcing me to use a semicolon. You know that, don't you? Yes. Okay. But don't you, then, then, you know what, yell at Chris Roberson. All right. Um, yes, I, I only read the first issue, and, and it um, it was – I was interested, but – I didn't know if if the, if the second issue felt like the first, or if if I had the same feeling after reading the first issue that I, after reading the second. Whatever I have ordered up until would probably be it. The second issue. Oh no! What? Hmm. Really? What? You said whatever you ordered would be it, you, meaning you wouldn't what, order what, any more. Right. Um, That's sad. But Ooh, I'm going to stick with it for now. I, it's well, all red. It is all red, but it's not. It's. Uh, no, see, I can't say that there's nothing lazy about the artwork. Any anything, any bad all red is still going to be good all red. It's still going to be better than 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 what you get from from some other artist. I don't, uh, and I and I don't think this is bad all red. The, the, I, the I don't first, think the it's first, the first issue, especially. Well, the first issue. See, there, there were some. There was. I thought of the. I thought of Jason right on the first page of the first issue. There, oh. there are some. There are some tricks that uh, that all red's using that. Like right, right on the first page, the first like three panels, the uh, the crew that works at the cemetery. It's the exact same image. It's just oh no, tell me no, you're kidding. No, it's the exact same image with the four of them standing behind a crowd of mourners, and then the camera zooms in. It's three panels, and, and the third panel zooms in on the three of them. So, and I'm talking about, I mean, the same line too. They're just shrunk. Everything is exactly the same. He just oh. shrunk them to fit him in the panel. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. 
and so, so there's that, and the, um, the 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 lettering when 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 you know the name of a building or on someone's driver's license and things like that, and and the type, I, I don't know, the type said it's just the the lettering on actual objects that aren't hand lettered or used digitally, but that look like they were just pasted there by a computer. That because you, you you have beautiful building on a pretty nice you know the way it's drawn and the angle from everything but then there's the awning and the lettering of, of the building is just is flat and it's just mm-hmm. blah uh but the um the, the all reds still do some 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 fantastic work i i it, it's moody it's it's dark the, i like the characters i didn't know you know it's a vertigo book so the first issue very rarely are you going to know anything about the characters in the right, right, and, and, and it uh, only cost you a buck. The first issue cost me a buck. This, yeah. this, you know, so it's I'll leave it even less through DCBS, but it's you know I want to know. I may not be thrilled with Gwen's power, but you know who would? But um, I I like Gwen. I like the the crazies she hangs out with. I want to know about these people that are chasing the vampires. These two guys. Uh, I want to know more about the vampires. I mean, and it's a great idea, you know, having a Having a bunch of, of female vampires run a, a paintball field. Yeah. And, and Be honest, like, though. It, it is kind of Chew-esque. See, now I only read the first issue of Chew. Oh, okay. So, right. But yes, I know what you mean. I mean, here she has to... She's a zombie. She has to eat brains. She, she, she eats one... She, she eats a brain once out of the month so that she doesn't turn into a regular... I wonder if it's plant. tagged to her menstrual cycle. Hey. Hey. <sighs> I'm just being That's honest. It's a vertical book. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Um, we had menstruating werewolves. Thank you, true. Alan Moore. Maybe it'll tie over with uh, Crimson Plague. So they have... <laughs> um, You're bad, David. I, the, 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 the fact that she can... Uh, or the ability that, that when she eats the brain, she absorbs the memories right. of, of, the, of the former brain holder. And, and this dude with, dressed up like a mummy... I need to know more about him. So I mean, they they these creators did a pretty good job of of keeping me hooked, wanting to know. And I mean, I'm not I'm not putting a definite timeline on it. I'm not okay. I'll give them the first arc. You know, I I'm still digging it. You know, when I stop digging it, that's when I'll stop getting it. But right now, I, I have no problems. I I didn't. Uh, I like the second issue. I think a little bit more because it just fleshed things out a little bit more. With uh, you know, we see the the recently deceased. Whose brain going to eight? He's uh, he's basically in her mind too. So she's having a conversation with him while trying to have a conversation with his widow and and child. And they're not helping her any. Try to uh, get to the bottom of of this mystery. And and that's the other thing. It's not like she just she wants to find out what these memories mean. So uh, right, you get to follow that along. I'm I I did. I, I'm not gonna say I was pleasantly surprised or it it. it you know, it made me a believer, but it, if I just read the first issue and that was it and I never ordered the second, mm-hmm. I could have either said, okay, I'll read it eventually, or that's okay, but now that I read the second, now, now I want to see where it's going. But you know what? I think that's a, a failing of the medium, being that issues are released in 22 page chunks. For a writer, it's incredibly difficult to hook a reader in 22 pages. You have to be damn good. Yeah, you to, do. To get someone to buy the next issue. Mm-hmm. That and and uh, I I will admit I'm not buying iZombie. I bought the first issue, but I would prefer to read this in trade. 
So I'm, right. I'm kicking, kicking back and waiting for this, but it's it's way beyond my ability to say no to Mike Allred. Right. Mm. I don't care what that man works on. I will buy everything that he touches just because he worked on it. I just love the man's style. But this this the uh periodical uh 22 page PR periodical I have to admit I'm souring on it a little bit because it's not enough. It's not enough. I need more. I need a story. Yeah, I mean we're we're 3 issues in on it now and it it's progressing the story is progressing but this is going to read i think much stronger in trade and it's it's a different kind i i keep i keep reading it kind of like a buffy um episode it, it kind of uh, okay. has don't say that it, well no it, it has it has a a teenage sensibility to it but it's it's more oh. of the um it's more of the just graduated from high school, you know, early, you know, late teens, early twenties sensibility to it. Um, you know, all the characters are lost, and I think it's capturing that that late high school, early college lost feeling uh, about it. But so so it's touching on those themes, and and then there's the little uh, murder mystery that they're. Uh, that they've stumbled upon, so there's definitely a a Scooby Gang quality to it. I, yeah, I, I yeah. think uh, I think whenever this is in trade, I think it's going to read um, much stronger. And and that's I mean that's just where we are with with comics like this. But uh, man, it's, it's Mike fucking Allred. It's right. it's it is gorgeous. You, stuff. you you really stuff. you really don't see artists of that caliber come along very often well, he, he's, he, unique. He, he's he, unique he's unique he's unique you see mike allred and it's like that's mike allred right yeah. but he, it's almost as if he exists in two time frames two periods at once he has that that classic 60s kind of op art characteristic to his line yeah. and then yep. he, he draws very i mean the things he works on are very contemporary so he's split down the middle and he's he's simultaneously exists in two time periods that's really rare i don't think there's too many artists that that maybe paul pope that that can do that 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 hearken yeah, to the past you, there are but there's, but it's there's not but it's rare. who jh williams yeah, yeah that's what he said wow what i would uh, what what I like yeah. about all red style. Wait, wait, time out. Is, what? You're not going to find the smirch J.H. Williams, are you? No, I like J.H. Williams, but I find his he work wouldn't very. Um, oh, I would. I think he's probably one of the best working in, in the business today. J.H. Williams. He, 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 he's, he's probably the top of the heap of, of illustrative um, comics. Yeah. Oh, he's, I think he's great, but in yeah. terms of magnitude of, of, of artist. I don't think J.H. Williams is good enough to shine Paul Pope's shoes. Oh, oh, <laughs> but I, that's just that's know, just me. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that that's an eye of the beholder thing because J.H. Yeah. Williams is a fucking well, of an hill of an eyes. No, he's great. He, I, I admit, no, he's great. No, he's a, he's but, a, you know, he's a fucking badass. He is badass, but dude, you can't Paul, look at that at that fucking detective hardcover and tell me that that wasn't. If not the the best, one of the best pieces of sequential art done. But he he sacrifices storytelling ability for the sake of oh, I or, agree at all. no no for yeah. the sake of ornamental and uh, just no he, uh, no he he incorporates it. He does more with page layout than almost any other artist working. He, in the he, he, no. he incorporate he incorporates the ornamental aspects of, of illustration into a storytelling. And if he doesn't win an Eisner this year, it's a fucking sham. Yeah, based on who he's up against, I completely agree. It's a fucking well, who, who's, who's he up against? Doesn't matter. 
No, well, I want to know. Who's he <laughs> up against? Fucking, doesn't, doesn't fucking matter. Yes, it does. No, Jason, it does. find out who doesn't he's matter. up against. The Eisners or the Harveys? Doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, offhand, I don't know who the... I, I know I did look at the Harveys, but I don't remember. Off, I was talking about the Eisners. Is he up against Robert Crumb? No, I don't think so. Okay. No, cr- Crumb... Boy, boy, that, that, that Genesis book has been nominated for a lot of stuff. I know. And yeah. rightly so. If I had even yeah, sure, sure, interest in source material, I would read it. But <laughs> I, really I understand that. But you know what? I was in Borders yesterday, and I had the uh, great fortune to take a look through um, the Bible stories of uh, Jesus Christ. His beard is fucking. Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, wait, that, that, wait, that's, wait. New te- that's New Testament. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Crumb's book. I'm talking about Basil totally Wolverton. The joke. I'm anyway, sorry. so so no wait, wait, wait. Ba- uh, Basil Wolverton's Bible stories yeah. is a friggin' great book. I don't care if it's based on the Bible; the art in that book is stunning. You need to get that. Okay. No, I don't need to get that. But what, no, um, you do. What, I, I found I, I found the nominees, I but I wanted just give me two. The thing, the thing with the with, with All Red's art, nobody's just standing there. Nobody is just everybody's You're doing right. something with their hands or they're in poses or yeah. they have something. It, so there's it's he's not lazy. They're, like like they're always like they're all they're always emoting. Long. Yeah, they're always right. emoting. So wow. there's there's just a sense of mood. It's note to self. Is, is what? Do not buy the victory brew anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jay, no, good. Good. this is not good. Yeah, yeah. This, no, it's not good. Is, I'm is fucked going up, up against. <laughs> From Adam Zanadu's Exodus Noir, Michael Kaluta. Okay. He's good. Going up against from old man Logan, McNiven and Pass. Mike. Look at hear the contempt in David's voice. No, they're Fiona good, but Staples. Nah. Who? From what? what? I love Fiona, Fiona Staples. Staples for North 40. And, okay. uh, oh, really? The guy who did Luna Park. Was it Donagio's? Yeah, it was. Which was gorgeous. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that, very that's good. Williams' competition for the Eisners. James right. Williams. I, I would, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Now, Vince, You're right. To your point, uh, Crumb is nominated for Best Writer Artist uh, okay. along a very. It's a bit. It, it's this is talk about an all star cast. It's uh, Darwin Cook, Crumb, Mazzucchelli, Terry wow. Moore, and Urasawa. Damn. Oh yeah. boy, that's Damn. a big fucking category. I I would still give it to yeah. Crumb. Oh. Well, well, I haven't read it, so I can't. I can't. I mean, that, I mean, I mean, that that would have a hard time. That is, that is the, was nominated for both 20th Century Boys and Pluto, so I, yeah. I would have a hard time not convinced to him. Uh, just I mean, that, that, that is a list of like lifetime achievement. Oh, yeah. totally. Yeah. While yeah, we're and, talking, can, can we can we deviate for a second? I was just going to do that. I know where, I know I know where you're yes, going. Just well, let me let me let me take you. No, let me take you there. No, we'll, we'll we'll come back to you, Jason. But while we're talking about Crumb, Jesus, that's what I was going to yeah. say. That's what yeah. I was going to say. Go ahead, Chris. Take it. While we're talking about Crumb, you know, we have to take a minute to talk about Harvey Picar. That's right. That's where I yeah. knew you were going. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Harvey, uh, Harvey Picar rest, passed rest, away rest this week. Rest in peace, man. The poet laureate of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And, 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 I, and, I, and as a huge sports fan, uh, I'll tell you what, um, Cleveland just had a huge loss uh, in the last uh, in the last week, and it's not in the sports category. They they lost uh, they lost one of the one of the greats, and that's and that's Harvey Picar. And, I think uh, I definitely my, think he would object to you calling him the poet laureate. Yeah, of course he would. Of course yeah. he would, and, that, and that's what makes Harvey awesome. Um, the the favorite, uh, my favorite um, uh, tribute to Harvey Picard that I've read in the last uh, 
in the last week since he passed away was um, it, it kind of hit me from from out of nowhere, and and it was and that made it all the better. But Anthony Bourdain, who is one, yeah, of my, exactly. One of my, oh, he's one of my culinary idols. He's one of my. <laughs> um, he's one of just my life. If I could live a life, if I could say this is what I want my life is. You know, to be like, I want to be Anthony Bourdain. I want to travel the world. I want to eat food. I want to. I want to experience cultures and 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 be of the world and 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 love everything about it. Anthony Bourdain is my like God in the, in that respect. And he did an episode of No Reservations in Cleveland and got to know Harvey Picar and if you go to the No Reservations blog he did a uh, a tribute to Harvey Picar that is is everything that I think you need to know about the man not 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 mm-hmm. the not the writer but the man so yeah Harvey Picar had such insight into humanity I guess what it means to be human and what fascinates readers that he could make the mundane the terribly uninteresting like say obsessing about the well-being of your cats into a compelling narrative he made that, he made that's, he made he made the mundane compelling that is right, that is right. Harvey Picar. yeah because uh when i first got into american splendor i thought i read a couple stories and it was i have to admit it was the crumb connection that really got me into it because uh you just dropped that name i'm there but this guy from Cleveland talking about his cats or worrying about his finances, that's really, that would, wouldn't really be a hook for me. But once I got into his method of telling stories, I was there for the writing and not the art, which is really strange when you bring Robert Crumb and, and mm-hmm. the other artists that, that work with, uh, God. worked with Crumb, with, uh, P car into the equation it was it's a lot to say about the guy that that he could actually made me care about some usually things that i would consider beyond caring like i don't worry about things but harvey p car obviously did he he would obsess about the tiniest things and it's really interesting reading and memorable and and he made me feel which is more can i than i can say for a lot of guys so yeah we're gonna miss him yeah and his David Letterman appearances are great. <laughs> they're, 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 no, they really are. There's a ton of them on YouTube. You can check them out. Uh, I wonder uh, how many people have uh, have American Splendor on their Netflix queue and has now been changed to uh, Long Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hopefully it's on streaming. But uh, well, that really sucks that it takes death to get people interested in you. I know. Uh, you know, you know. It's you know he had the movie. Um, which I think raised a lot of awareness about Harvey P. Carr and 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 his comics and and American Splendor. Uh, the the guy was you know and and we said it, he made the mundane interesting and, right. and he captured he captured a part of of American comics that I think are are still overlooked you know remain overlooked. Um, to this day, but uh, you know, I think uh, you know Bourdain talked about it. It's like you know, in a hundred years, only fucking stat geeks are going to care about LeBron James, but people are going to know American Splendor. It's going to have a lasting literary appeal, and right. that's that's pretty amazing for for a guy who is basically a curmudgeon. 
Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it's so but, lovable though. What, what what a neat character! What, yeah, what so a just did not care about personal appearance, or no. you know, his hair wasn't combed. Who gives a shit? He had a story to tell, and, and he told it really well. And it's going to yeah. be really strange not to see American Splendor every couple of months. Yeah, the guy yeah. the guy was an American treasure. He really was. And and I and I have to say, as much as Crumb contributed to the American Splendor legacy, Dean Haspiel did a lot of oh. great work for uh Harvey Picar. Yep. 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 Hey, Chris, you know, Chris Somney, who we talk about right. um, quite often. Chris did uh uh an American Splendor story whenever they yep. kind of re- relaunched it. And I know firsthand that that was a huge, huge deal to Chris to mm-hmm. to, to be able to work with Harvey Picar. And uh, hunt down a soldier's story. It's great. Mm-hmm. Harvey did a great job on that. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. So rest, rest in peace, Harvey. Yeah, it sucks to say goodbye. <laughs> he he's, he really he, does. He, he's he's in he's in heaven right now, telling God the what for. Is he's is how rearranging. I like the he's rearranging the furniture. Is what he's doing. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Absolutely. So, Jay, Jason, we we totally cut you short. What's what's in your stack? Uh, I'm torn now because uh, this uh, this this quick hitting uh, back and forth wasn't very quick hitting. So I'm seeing the clock, and I'm there was something I want to talk about a little more long form. So I'm thinking oh, that's okay. Can... You know what? We can go two and a half, three hours. I don't really care. I'm here to have fun. <laughs> no, true. really. Well, then I'll, I'll stick to the actual, I'll stick to the theme on the top of my stack. Uh, and Dap actually alluded to it uh, uh, a little bit. Is uh, is the second chew trade? Um, so uh, written by John Lehman. Uh, Art by Rob, I believe it's Gilroy. You say his name. Um, you know, Chew sort of the, uh, the the little indie breakthrough book of last year, and um, it's continued to pace. I, I read the first two or three issues in issue form, and then decided to go with the trades. Um, just read the second one today. Um, it's real good. It's it's very very quirky, and and there's nothing else really like it out there. Um, it's it's this the, the the book's protagonist is Tony Chu, who um, is a Siba path. You know, he, uh, which is a made-up term, but it, it's it's a guy that uh, by eating things can tell the tell the whatever he eats, he can see see their past and uh, learn things about them and that sort of thing. And so, as a result, the only thing for some reason that doesn't have that effect on him is beets. So he's very skinny. He doesn't like to eat, um, but he uh, works for the FDA and uh, he has to eat things to solve crimes. And he kind of gets embroiled in a bit of a uh, international conspiracy. We meet the antagonist, the main antagonist in this. This version of the uh, the vampire, um, and we we find out a, a lot more about the vampire and whether or not he actually is a tried and true vampire. Um, and uh, the uh, the arc takes place on a tropical island um, where, uh, I, in this universe, chicken has been banned because they blame chicken for uh, a uh, global pandemic. So it, it's sort of like a prohibition. People go to speakeasies to get illegal chicken dinners and that sort of thing. And uh, and it's been banned all over the world. And so this island is one of the few places left on Earth where they serve chicken. Uh, Tony Chu's brother is a renowned chef, a la Anthony Bourdain, who is best known for cooking chicken before it got banned. So uh, the uh, the government of the island recruits him to come and cook at their lead resort. And he gets there, and they don't actually have chicken. They have this strange-looking plant that, when cooked, tastes just like chicken. So um, for unrelated reasons, Tony and his partner end up over there, and uh, hijinks ensue. It's a lot of fun. It, Rob Gilroy's... You know, very um, unique style. Um, 
I don't know how you describe it. I mean, he doesn't really remind me of anyone else all that much. I mean, it's uh, he's got really. I guess he's a little bit. Um, it's a little bit mad. Something like you see in Mad Magazine, wouldn't you say, Vince? Like, yes. uh, you know, a little like features are a little bit, you know, elongated. You know, everyone has pot bellies and you know little button noses and you know elongated arms and stuff. But um, but it's very yeah, good. I mean, you know, at with the, end the exception of, the day, of of Tom Fowler and. Uh, very few others. I would say classic Mad Magazine. Not, not yeah, I, right. I can see the Fowler. Right. I mean, to me, mm-hmm. nothing against Rob Gilroy because I think he's actually quite talented. But but I don't think he's at least yet you know in in Tom's class. I mean, you know, no. Oh, dude, who yeah. the hell is in Tom's class? Right, right, right. Yeah. So, but but it is evocative of that same kind of look, just right. not quite as mastered yet of it. But but that's a fair comparison. But it's just great. I mean, every character is super off the wall. You know, I mean, it's just one of those. Uh, it's one of those things where everybody's just whack wackadoo, you know. I mean, his his partner's a nutcase. I mean, his in in the first wack-a-doo. issue of the series, the second issue, his old cop partner, his NYPD partner, gets uh, hit in the head with a meat cleaver. You think he's dead, and then he comes back in this in this volume, and uh, and uh, he's got a you know he's got a half cybernetic face now. So uh, it's just a blast. It's it's just a lot of quirky fun. It's a super quick read. Um, I definitely think it's uh, it's worth your attention if you like you know kind of zany humor. It's it, this fills that 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 Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy part of my universe. It's it's mm-hmm. just quirky and okay. out there and never happened in our world, but but it's still grounded enough in you know the physics of our reality that that it uh, it's 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 you know it's it's not like pure science fiction. So it's uh, it's it's great. It's great. Right. A lot of fun. I I agree. It, it's a pleasure yes. to pull pull a new issue of Chew out of my box every every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does David, it read the English, Vince? Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm a little behind. Okay. I, I've I've only read the first storyline, mm-hmm. so um, now I know what's going to happen. But that's okay. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't spoil any of the big big gifts. Well, yeah, no. It, how's it? It reads very well in single issues, but I, that's kind of a take that with a grain of salt because I read them in bulk. So it's like yeah. I'm reading a trade at once. Uh, by right. the time well, you, I get to them, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just too yeah, much you had to mentioned it, uh, You said that you kind of are tiring on the 22-page format. I don't oh, necessarily yeah. disagree with that, but I, I guess I don't feel that as much because I do, for most things, I still do, I read them in chunks. Not because it's a grand design. Like, I don't even necessarily read them in arcs. I just, you know, I, I have such a backlog usually that I just, I, I sort them into... Um, you know, by title, and then I'll just I'll say, oh, I haven't read that in a couple of months, and I'll pull a bunch of those issues out and just read them all at once. So that that's right. just kind of how I read things now, it, with, with with the exception of certain issues or, or titles that are just so, you know, on on point or hot button. Or I know we're going to want to talk about them. That I'll, I keep up with those sort of right. month to month. But but the second coming was like uh, candy, though. I yeah. couldn't yeah, stop absolutely. reading that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I saw that you tweeted it, and I said, all right, then let me let me. Uh... Let me get on that real quick. It was so. like cashews. Do you like cashews? No. I love, love cashews. I can't stop eating cashews. And yep. and as I was reading Second Coming, I, I kept f- going to the next issue and reading it yep. and reading the next issue and reading it. It's like, this is so good. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't consume enough of it to, to, to satiate myself. And that's mm-hmm. uh, great stuff. That's how I'm with tamarind almonds. Forget it, dude. You like, oh, almonds are great. But tamarind almonds, have you had those? With their Keep that cancer tamarind. away. Almonds are great cancer oh. fighters. No, what yeah. are those? What are those, Jason? Well, tamarind is a is a Indian spice. Um, oh, okay. And uh, and it's just uh, it's really really salty with it, but it, the, the tamarind gives it like a real, um, just a, a really um, 
smoky, tangy Ooh. flavor. And uh, it's just if if I, if we have tamarinds almonds in the house, I'll eat like the whole container at one sitting. Are they expensive? <laughs> they are actually, yeah. Tamarind yeah. is an expensive spice, so it's not they're not inexpensive, but they're really good. See, worth- I don't like to spend a lot for food because it's food, you know. Yeah, I noticed Here. that when we were out in C2E2. C2E2. Yeah, I, I don't. You were it, hesitant, it, it, but then every now and then you'd break down and realize that a good meal is sometimes worth the money. It, it is sometimes, but you know what? If I had a choice between like a pound of bologna or yes. a, a $50 steak, I'll go for the bologna. Because it's funny. Bologna... I'm very, I, I vary. I mean, I, I love great meals, um, but, you know, um, I, I can go either way. But I, I do like the occasional really good meal. Yeah. I, I just, great. Uh, yes. Great, great, great meals are so lost on me. I do yeah, not yeah, appreciate food. Yeah. Like J.H. Williams, apparently. Honestly, God. and i can't wait to see you guys in new york because i'm ready to eat in new york yeah well you know pizza uh, real pizza chris ron is um oh here we go we're gonna get get, white whitehead's gonna yell at me uh ron is uh i think working on um on a uh at least he was working on with cb a um a uh new york comic-con related sort of uh feast Oh, a little little foodie meetup. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, really? I nice. hope it's Chinese. <laughs> I was going to say, Vince, you're probably going to hang at the hotel room for that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> will probably set this one out. So. No, 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 no. Not if I'm you right. guys are there. I won't. I'm I'm already I'm already I'm already planning meals for next year's C2E2 or I C2E2. Said, I say Chris treats us to Peter Luger's. Did you not learn anything from last I year? Would, you I, you cannot if, be the now, planner. See, if I'm going to spend money on a meal, it ain't going to be a Peter Luger's. I know. I, I know you wouldn't, but I just I, I get a kick out of the fact that they only take cash. So wow, am I? Yeah, got this, uh, cash. A complete see, aside, but we have this deli near us here in this, in town, and uh, everybody raves about it. You know. When I, I hadn't been there really because we're still relatively new to the area, so a couple weeks ago I went there because I've actually become friendly with the owner whose uh, whose son plays a lot of sports with with my son, so we become friendly. Um, so I said, you know, I'm going to go over to that deli and get some sandwiches. So I go over there and I'm <laughs> looking around. It's a small place, and like I hear about how great it does and how it's 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 you know it's this huge money maker, and they they clearly live a good life. You know, they based on where they live and also. So I was like, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, what what is it about this place? Then I go to pay. Bust out my credit card, and she's like, "Oh, oh it's cash only here." Dun, I'm dun, like, "Aha!" Then the light went on, and I'm like, "Ah!" Yeah. Now uh, I understand why y'all live the life you live because it's all some, cash money. Somebody is not paying taxes. Cash money. So, yeah. <laughs> hey guys, it's Greg calling you from Canada. I wanted to call and just let you know about a wonderful little synchronicity that took place with me in your show last week. I was reading Thor 294, which was published in 1980, and I read that, and then I settled in to listen to episode 114, and there was Vince talking about what Asgard really is and its origins, and I was just floored that I had just read about all of that in Thor 294. I mean, that's a comic book that was published 30 years ago. In the Hammer Strikes segment at the back of the book, it even goes into uh, the astronomical details of the changing of ages every 2,160 years. And I just thought it was really cool how there I am reading it and listening about it on your show not long after that. I wanted to say more about that later, uh, but I also want to mention in episode 115, you were talking about the magic, and it got me thinking about how the bedroom wall uh, was the canvas on which I painted all that magic. 
when I was a young kid, it was all about Bullwinkle and Rocky, and everything Bullwinkle and Rocky went up on the wall. And as I got a little older, it was uh, the Punisher and Captain America comics that went up on the wall. And as I got a little bit older, pictures of bands I loved and my girlfriends and things like that. And uh, then it became the gig posters of all the shows that my band had played and and all those magical feelings that came along with each of those separate uh, segments of my life. And I remember that magic going down to the local comic shop and seeing a Thor book that was new, and I don't have that, and I have to have that. Or when I got older, those Saturday afternoons where with my buddies, we wouldn't even talk about it. It was just assumed that we were going to go downtown and check out all the record stores. And we may not buy something, but it was just that thrill of going down and seeing what was there. And if you did buy something, you open it up and you read the liner notes, and you're like, oh, this band, which is awesome, thanks this band and has toured with this band and you had to check those out and it was just this wonderful uh, process of learning and discovery and unfortunately I, I think a lot of that has been lost unfortunate and somewhere within all this magic you know the comic books get set aside uh, last summer I, I bought some used books off of a guy and he said um, you know what is it that you collect and I said well really I'm just trying to get myself reacquainted with the hobby because I've been out of it for 20 years and he said oh yeah once the girls come around the comic books and the long underwear disappear and uh, he asked me what brought you back into it and I said well it's my son Uh, my son who's four years old he can't dodge images of Spider-Man and Batman and the Hulk they're everywhere so um, I started digging out my old comic book collection and pursuing the hobby again and you know i normally i don't like to romanticize the past but those were really good times thinking about all that those magical moments and not unlike the change in ages asgard is still asgard and that magical feeling i had back then is still with me today whenever my son brings me in an issue of superhero squad or boom's toy story and wants to sit on my lap and read with me And I think in 20 years, the next changing of ages, 20 years down the road from now, I'll be looking back on these days very fondly. So I think it's important to brace the now and how those magical moments are still there if we look for them. Uh, I love what you guys do with this show. I think you're great. I feel like you guys are friends of mine. And keep doing what you're doing because it's awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, David, you going to go or you want me to go? Well... Since you 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 um like oh, like Wood had something he wanted to talk about, yeah, I know I'll get to the point. The uh, <laughs> since you mentioned Picar and 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 I just who loves you, baby. Someone's got Indeed. it. The uh, we all do. <laughs> the show show me one person on the forum that does not love King Dap. There oh, there was God. one no there was it's one all, person. It's, it's almost people, dude. It's, it's uh, no. It's, well, it's, it is. It's, me, so. it's getting to the point where if somebody types the word price. In terms of how much something costs, they capitalize it. It's nuts. I, will say I was this. Dap is the most universally loved of the four of us for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree and with that. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. 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 You know so, why yeah. he's like the girl that, that plays hard to get? He doesn't talk a lot, so people want more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just the weird one. What is the smart one? Chris is the angry one. Now we're gonna have we're gonna have two pages, three pages of of people the, uh, comparing the four of us to. 
music groups, Smurfs. You know, I, I want to be the weird one. I think, I think you, now that you guys have all met me, you could admit though. I, I'm one of. I'm and I'm sure Sal's listening to this, and he's about to agree. I'm the guy that you think is going to be a total jagoff, and then you meet me, and you're like, "Oh, he's pretty cool." <laughs> no, that's Sa- very Sa- true. Sa- Sal has said that. Oh no, yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm, no, believe me, I, I'm. I, I'd like to think that I, I'm relatively self-aware. That that is, I think. A fairly common perception of me. No, I expected you to be eating caviar out of a silk slipper, but you don't. <laughs> Size thirteen. Then I'm eating up gizzards. Yeah. No. 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 You, you Nobody would come, eat that shit. You. You didn't even come close to a gizzard. So I don't. Yeah, I did have a burger at a bar. It was a good burger too. Last made sure we didn't really good. I will say one thing in Jason's defense, though. He did not uh-huh. succumb to the White Castle allure. He said, nah, fuck it. I'm getting well, something good. Well, let's be fair, not to make it aside. I, I did not eat White Castle because I had something against White Castle, although I, I admittedly no. don't. I had an issue because they were, whatever, they were, in my opinion, <laughs> they were being a little race racist. I'm being honest. I, I, in the neighborhood I, that we I, were in, I'm shocked. I they, didn't they, see they that. They looked at us. Three different people came up to the window and looked right at us. And pretended as though we were ghosts. Until but who did they serve, though? Because <laughs> did you notice who they served? Because I was like, "Fuck it, I'll wait all night for this damn hamburger. I don't care." <laughs> yeah, no, I know it was it, it was my my I, I am again. You guys know me. I I am not a uh, I'm not prone to getting fired up or angry too often in no. terms of. But uh, but but uh, every now and then the the Scott the Scotsman in me gets gets my hackles up, and and that was one of those moments. Admittedly, I was already on the edge because of the gizzard place, but but <laughs> when you stand in, when it's a fast food restaurant and there's three of us in the in the place and it's the three of us, it's me you and um, who was Will with Pfeiffer. us? Will. Yeah, Will Pfeiffer, and <laughs> you're standing there. And, I love and, Will. And, and you 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 come up and look at us and you're standing at the cash register and then you walk away. I I got I'm done I'm done with you. You're not getting my four bucks. Sorry. Yeah, but what was the alternative though? Did you see the stuff Going Christian's to that eating? Bar and having a tasty burger. Right, because you you waited it out. You won. Jason won. You. Jason won. You, you did. You, won. That stuff Chris was eating was like, oh, it looked like a bowl of dicks oh, to me. Oh, <laughs> come on. Bowl. bowl. Chris, it was nasty. That oh, stuff was Come on. You've never had chicken gizzards. And I never will. I don't eat that. That's the shit you throw away and cook the nice chicken meat. Yeah. So, David. So what were we saying? <laughs> I don't know what we were saying. As, now, David. I, I haven't I haven't read a lot from Harvey Pekar and 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 you know I, I saw the American Splendor and whenever I think of Pekar I think of write ups from the Comics Journal and things like that so it, it, it was their darling days. wasn't he Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I finally finished it, it only took a few days the complete normal man oh. by Jim Valentino and this oh, is cool. and and if I uh, if I think of, of Harvey in the 80s, and of course I'm going to think of, of something like this, and having not read it when it was originally published, this is this is one essential-sized black and white, because the original series was in color, uh, collection collecting the Normal Man series and the various one-shots that have appeared over the past couple of years, and I think most recently, like either in 2004, 2007. It's got... The front covers, the back covers. It's got some of the ads from um, from Amazing Heroes or other Art Art Bark Van Heim uh, mm-hmm. titles, which basically was either Neil Horse or uh, Cerebus. So the did you know Arn Saba got a sex change? I did not. Yes, Arn Saba is now a woman. And Saba, wow. no. 
No, Arn Saba, the guy that drew Neil the Horse, yeah. is now a woman. Just like Jeff Jones is now a woman. Just Arn like Saba. one of the, uh, one yes. of the Wachowski. That's right. Yep. So now you can't call them the Wachowski brothers, bring you uh, the Matrix. They're the Wachowski, the Wachowski siblings, it. yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, this, okay, if, if, um, I would not give this book to a person who's only been reading comics for the past five or ten years. I, okay. I would. Chris is out. Um, <laughs> I, if, if, um, very nice. Well, well played, Chris. Well played. If you want to, after you've been reading comics for a while, then then maybe. But but I I would liken this to having someone read a someone who who would go back and and want to know about the history of kind of I guess not not landmarks, but and I don't mean they want to learn the history of comics, but but want to read comic books from from different eras that that kind of get you an understanding of of what. What the medium can do. I mean, you, you you'd have Crisis, you'd have Dark Knight, you'd have um, yeah, Secret Wars, you, you you'd have Great Darkness Saga, and and a bunch from uh, and and Cerebus, Grendel Mage, whatever. That's very it, insightful for you to say that. I just it. There's a lot in here, and right. this because this when, when I was reading Wally Wood, like Mad. Oh, stuff, you're breaking breaking up. Mm. We'll say goodbye. Back. Go ahead. Um, when. Uh, Shit. If if um if someone there's gonna be a lot of jokes in here that people aren't going to get. They might get the Teen Titans jokes or the X Men jokes, but they're not gonna know who the hell the DNA agents are. They're not going to know too many characters from Eclipse or, or realize who Zot or maybe American Flag is. This thing mocks. There are parodies in here of not just creators like John Byrne or Neil Gaiman, um, or Paul Levitz. There are parodies of entire universes, Legion of Superheroes, and like I said, the Titans, the X-Men, Spidey, the Wolverine, and, and, uh, and publishers. So you have, you have an issue that, that's basically designed to look like Dave Sim drew it in an issue of, uh, of Cerebus. You have, you have him mocking Shake, and you have him, you have him doing a whole, a whole issue where he, um, Basically, did a spirit satire, and every page you're somewhere on the page in one of the panels on a bookshelf on a street lamp somewhere where it says "Normal Man" by Valentino, just like the spirit would have been in 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 the Sunday Funnies, where you have the spirit by Will Eisner. Every page would have just been like like a Sunday strip, um, and it's not just Valentino didn't write it just to uh, just to make fun of what was going on in the industry around him. It it, it it told a story, and it it starts off with basically being a parody of Superman being rocketed to Earth, and and his father was an accountant who wanted to make sure his son was safe, so he he puts him in a spaceship, shoots him off, and counts down the seconds for his world to explode, and it never happens. So, nice. So yeah, so so uh, he's he's in a rocket ship traveling the dimensions, and he it's ends like, up. Oops. Really. And and mom wasn't happy about that. He ends up on the uh, on the planet Levram, which is spelled L E V R A M. And if you read it backwards, you'll Mar- get Marvel. Marvel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So um, throughout, like the first, it was a, I think a thirteen issue bi monthly series. Uh, oh, there's Elfquest. He 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 mocks. There's there's a there's an issue. Where 
he kind of crossed over with Journey. So you have William Mesner Loeb's drawing, um, Normal Man, Fred Hembeck is in here, um, E-Man is in here. But you, for like the first maybe six, seven, eight issues, you have a, uh, a parody of Lightning Lad reading off the Legion roll call and it never finishes. It just, he, he, he goes alphabetical and like, he spits out a few names every, we just keep doing a cutscene going, going to the future and he's just, he's still reading it off. People are falling asleep. You see people in the, um, he, some of the folks in the background that you'll see as he's, as he's reading off the list, you'll see, you'll see Grendel, you'll see Zod, you'll see, you know, it, it's just the, the work he put into this. Valentino, I, I've never, I, I read some of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I, you know, stuck with him during the first couple minis of of Shadowhawk. He um, it's nothing like Shadowhawk though. Oh God, no, no. And, and that, that's what totally took me aback because honest, obviously, uh, Valentino got famous, or that's in quotes, obviously, from Shadowhawk. But when you when you compare the two, Normal Man's nothing. It's not even close to what Shadowhawk was. Oh God, no! And it's, it's like he's wearing a mask for Shadowhawk just to try and fit in with the rest of the image guys. Right. But but Valentino's the indie guy out of all the image. Out of can, all. Of them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It it is. I, I, I don't I don't know if people really understand how indie centric Valentino is. Talking to from talking to him, you get the impression. But I mean, if you just read his image stuff. Not normal man, but if just the Shadowhawk and the stuff. Or even if, yeah, even before the, the, the Shadowhawk. I mean, you'd if you never read get to the galaxy. Right. You'd never get that impression. And even with that, it was kind of like, it was like an odd fit for him to be at Marvel. Cause at, at, by that point, I remember reading about him from Amazing Hero. So I knew him as, as yeah. an indie guy, but they're not going to give him Web of Spider-Man or the New Mutants. You know, they're going to give him Guardians of the Galaxy featuring a bunch of characters that you don't hear from too often so right. it, it it worked for him there but it it was still an odd fit you know seeing jim valentino doing i don't know web of spider-man i think he would have fit on that you should have said amazing spider-man because because web of spider-man was um was the off the wall Al- alex savick yeah so that was I yeah mean, Al- fair point Vince. A- alex well, savick was... is is more towards the life the uh valentino way of drawing and and writing than the well the that's farm. later on yeah no i was yeah. thinking earlier with the peter david stuff Okay, and, and and the Sin Eater things like that, but even even Sin Eater was was Peter Parker, um, poor Gene DeWolf. I can go there. I the, miss her. I I would recommend this if you want to know about the the, the history of the medium. What's because like I said if if you weren't, I remember a lot of the jokes that that he's making fun of in in the book. Uh, so it it worked for me, but I I really wouldn't give this to. To some of the people on on our forum that you know have only been reading since Bendis has been writing comics or, sure, or sure. Things like that, so it, it. But if you want to know what some of the more, I don't even know if you call it influential, but if you just want to have a good time and and after a while, because you'll read through this and you won't get who some of these characters. You won't, you know, who the hell. You might not remember what the old Terra looked like, or, or uh, the old Dark Phoenix costume and things like that. And and there are just things in here that that might just kind of go by you just because you didn't pick up on it. There are <laughs> this thing needed to be proofread. There are 
errors galore with with oh. I don't know how many times congratulations was misspelled with a D. <laughs> no, really? Yeah. Oh my oh, god, that would drive was, me bananas. It, I mean, I'm sitting here and I almost did. I, I it, it hurt my head after a little bit. But I mean, you know, one aside from from the the typos and and just because he didn't have an editor, it's still a. Um, after a while, though, that kind of speaks to the grassroots level of of that creative process. Right. I mean, you know, it's like though. See, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, but there's something immediate about that, where almost yeah. as if the stuff is so, it's so vitally important to get that down I on paper. I can understand an occasional typo because you don't have an editor or a word that's relatively esoteric, and you're just you're bringing it. You don't. But congratulations, I, I mean, it's, I, I almost enjoy that after a while, the misspellings mm. and stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, there, there's. Uh... Archie parodies. I mean, I'm serious. If if you ask me, if if you just run off a character or oh, there's a lot of Archie universe parodies. or uh, the characters universes, real people or not, if 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 you ask me, if 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 Valentino pokes fun at them in this book, I'll I'll be able to tell you. Yes, it, yeah. it's just. I mean, Megaton Man is in here. Mister Spook is in here. Oh. Uh, the 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 split and image guys are in here where i mean he he makes fun of eric larson and and at this point that that was the one shot that was put out under image so you know of course you're going to make fun of the publisher the um yeah and that's what i was going to say before i started fritzing out it, it was the same thing with wally wood and his mad stuff like super duper man i grew up a marvel fan and when I first encountered Wally Wood's work for the the uh, Mad stuff, Man, and, right. and he did Super Duper Man, I I yeah. knew none of that. But it was his art and and writing that carried it. So I enjoyed it. But like you said, with this Normal Man stuff, there's a lot of inside insider information that you're not going to get if you're not steeped in the comic book universe. And, and right. it's not it's not just Image. It's like a lot of different comic book universes like Archie and Marvel and Image. and So there's a lot of uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink stuff going around in Normal Man that you're not going to get if you're not, if you haven't been reading comics for, what, say, 20, 25 years? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But it's still good. I mean, he still can tell a damn good story. Yeah, the story, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The, the, the lines on the paper, I mean, they move things along. Nothing's really, I mean, even, even with all the characters, like in the Legion Roll Call, and you have tons of characters he, he's, he's drawn it's still he didn't get lazy he didn't like you know block people out or, or uh, it, it's, it's i don't think keith to... giffen knows all those legion characters but i i definitely i i i recommend it if if um like i said after you've you know checked out some of the older work that was published either before you started reading or even before you were born if, if if after you're done reading, you know maybe some of the stories from the spirit and and have, have just gone through the decades that way, and and you um, mm-hmm. you know what you should do? You should footnote the uh, normal man volume as a service to our forum members. That's what you should do. No, should footnote it. <laughs> yeah, explain it to them. Take the time. You have nothing else to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. It'll get me out of Renee's hair. She don't mind. Forum.bulletinsbulletinspodcast.com <laughs> or www.11.comics.com. Boy, was the forum just hopping this week. I, yeah. Because I, 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 I think absence wait. makes the heart grow fonder. There was a Man. lot of shit going around. I, I didn't have a yeah. lot of time to, to spend on the forum this week, but the, the uh, episode 316 thread was jumping after yeah. a while. 
I know. Or the one sixteen one. One sixteen. Did I say three sixteen? You did. Yeah. I'm very wow, sorry. We're in the future. It's all good. <laughs> oh, all can you imagine day. doing three hundred more episodes that, uh, of this shit? Yeah. You know, wow. I like Valentino. I actually like Valentino's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, sure. But it, in the image world, I, I, and and I was a huge image fan, like all of us. I, I definitely. I, I don't want this to come off wrong, I, but but just being honest, Valentino was my least favorite of the image guys. It kind of yeah, like exactly it forcing it you know, to fit that, in. That's what I was gonna, David. Right. You read my freaking mind as if it wasn't honest enough. Yeah, as, yeah. as if he was trying to be something that he wasn't, and that's why right. I, um, Shadowhawk just did not resonate with me. It just Same felt here. false. So your talk of normal man, which admittedly I am not very well versed in, uh, does sound really cool. I, I uh, now. Is there a? I mean, what's the easiest way to? What, what's the best way to, to to get a hold of this? That? I mean, is this, the volume he's talking about? Yeah, this. I yeah. mean, it's it's nineteen ninety nine. This I think okay. came out um, that maybe late last year, early this. Oh had no! It's at least two thousand eight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I have mine right here. What's the date on the publication there, David? The complete uh, two thousand seven. Right. Okay. Yeah, first printing so, July two thousand seven. Yeah, oh yeah. It's there was this is. This is the complete. Apparently, there was another volume. There was a um, a normal man, or the uh, let's see, there was twelve issues, epic light, because it's even got some of the San Diego Comic Con pages. There was a um, a normal man twentieth anniversary. There was something called, I think, like the normal man the the novel, and that I think collected maybe the main normal man series. I don't know if it included the issue from Journey, but this, the complete normal man, will just get you everything, everything you need because it has the 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 image one shot from um, from 2004 where they go to uh, they go to the Comic Con and that that's the one you'll know you'll recognize everybody. He's okay. on a panel with um, with Saul Levitz from the esteemed publisher of Dysfunctional Comic. And he has a little blurb that everybody says. He's got Joey DeCue from Mangled, uh, El- Elric <laughs> Withholding from Imageless. But under under Saul Plevitz, it says, he basically just says, pulp them all and let God sort them out, which I Oh, no. Nice. Does yes. it really? There's... um. <laughs> There's somebody who grabs Captain Everything. Who Captain Everything is basically the Superman of of the story, yeah. and and his uh, his he has the power to like negate physics. Any anything he needs to do to move the story along, he he, he has the power to do. If if he's in another dimension with Normal Man, all he has to do is Normal Man will tell him, well, why not just think us back home, or just you know say you want us to be home, and then boom, the next panel they're back home. Yeah. But there's a um, there's a publisher. Who uh, who carries on telling Captain Everything that uh, that it's it's a conspiracy of of duplicity? They won't let me sit with the big boys. And do you know why? This is because I'm the smartest guy here. I've got the plan. You, you bet I got the plan. I'm going to take over this industry. He says in two years I'm going to be number one, and I'm going to destroy them all. And he you pull back, and he's screaming. And his T-shirt, well, his T-shirt says Cross-eyed, but obviously it's supposed to be Mark Alessi from Cross Jam. Ah, nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So there, nobody. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'm alone. I think Image should dump, and that's the appropriate term, dump more of these omnibus style books on the on the marketplace, where they uh-huh. just take huge chunks of Image history and just black and white, just push them out there. Because I mean, you know how I feel about vintage Image. I love the stuff. Yeah. There needs to be more of this stuff out there. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, they're 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 reprinting the Spawn stuff. I mean, I don't know how many collections there are. Yeah, but they're kind of pricey now. when you they think are. about it. Yeah, well, you know, Todd's got shit to do. You got you you have the Savage that, Dragon archives. Yeah, Todd needs the money. Have, you don't have much. Well, well, Top Cow's doing the early Witchblade and and Darkness books. Yeah, they're doing and those five dollar trades, right? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you know, you're not really getting any. You're not even getting early Wildcats. Now you're getting the what is it? The Casey. And, right. And, uh, and, Joe Kelly. And, and Joe okay. Casey. Yeah, the, Joe Casey. Casey and I guess Dustin Gwynn, um, Wildcats. So it was a 3.0 or whatever. 3. 0, so yeah. you're not even, you're not even getting the old Jim Lee stuff. And, and you're right. I mean, it would, I mean, what works all. But I mean, Pitt, I'd love to read those old Pitt issues again. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Put them out in affordable collections and just, I mean, it's already been paid for. It's just, that's just profit, really. Speaking of profit. Do the Platt stuff too. <laughs> there you go. Every episode we should mention Stephen Platt just yes, to piss yes. people off. Every other, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. So, David, you done? I, I, yeah, I'm gonna keep flipping through this. I'm done. I got a couple quick ones. Okay. R- real quick. Um, one shot. The darkness, shadows and flame, written by Rob Levin, pencils and inks by Jorge Lucas. Uh, I will. It was kind of enjoyable, but okay. <laughs> the ringing endorsement. No, it's not because if you're going to crib from famous horror movies, do not use Gremlins because everybody and their brother is going to know where you got that image from. Oh Jesus! Okay. Sure. Yeah, there, there's there's a, a a part where this man makes a pact with this this uh, elder god, and the of course the demons come issuing forth from wherever, and one of them is a gremlin, and another is an image of H.R. Giger's alien. And if there's one image you don't want to use, it's H.R. Giger's alien. I mean, that's identifiable from probably my mother can tell where H.R. Giger's alien's from. Mm -hmm. So it was... As far as I'm concerned, and I'm reading the third volume right now, um, Phil Hester has become the writer for The Darkness. I totally agree. But this is a one-shot, and it was... It's a cash cow. I mean, anybody who buys Darkness is probably going to buy this. So they're sure. just—it's just, it's just sure. an, an extra issue of the Darkness for that month. Not all that great. I mean, it, I mean, it, it, with the, the the pantheon of writers that have that have done and, and Darkness. I mean, if you look at it, that that character has been around for how long now? Long I mean, time. We, we we going on twenty years now? Um. Yeah, I would say it's probably close. Yeah. I mean, seriously, when we're talking, you know, two decades of the darkness, um, Phil Hester writes the the most the most engaging darkness that that I've that I've read. I'm I I he owns that character for me. Yeah, uh, this this man Salvador loses his wife and child in a fire, and so he he's so hell bent on turning back time and reclaiming his his wife uh, Leticia and his daughter that he makes a pact with this elder god it's f- enjoyable but I'll be honest it's kind of like a throwaway issue yeah. you know mm-hmm. I mean it's very Lovecraftian which is fitting with the whole darkness uh, mythology and stuff but ultimately if I didn't get a discount I, I guess I would feel kind of cheated for my two ninety nine. okay so That's not a ring, not a ringing endorsement. What's up, eleven o'clockers? It's Haas, Chris Neesman. I was just reading my uh, Queen of Country book. I have plenty of Queen of Country book. I have a lot of book written by Gret Rucker. And I love Gret Rucker, and I love his book. 
and all his books sit on my shelf. All right, 11 o'clockers, Haas out, book, bye. 11 o'clockers, Haas, what is happening? Vince, you love Profit. Guess what, Vince? I love Profit. Profit is the boop. That's right, I didn't want to curse because maybe kids listening. That's not cool. Don't curse in front of kids. Oh, goddamn, I sound like Aaron Wilson's face. The dude that like to punch people in the face. Anyway, Vince, I love Profit, so um, I'm glad you're joining. Stephen Plant's a beast. Um, read his Moon Knight stuff. They're awesome. We only did like, what, three issues before it got canceled. But it was awesome. Enjoy Profit, because I am. I went to New York Comic Con last year and got a bunch of Profit issues. I love Profit. I love Stephen Plant. I'm out of breath. I am out of breath. King Depp, don't diss Force Works. I love Force Works. That was the shit. Okay? U.S. Agent had a great costume. DNA wrote Force Works, man. You can't diss it. All right, 11 o'clock. This is Haas. I'm out. I don't have anything funky to say about Chris Neesman. So, um, I hope you're still this plate. All right, 11 o'clockers. Later. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Hellboy in Mexico. Oh, I've heard good things. Yeah, yeah. oh, this issue is... Best was... issue of the year? Best um, issue of Corbin, right? Yes. I don't know if I would say I'm best... I'm going to have to read it then, because I think yeah. I found my best issue, but go ahead. Richard Corbin is one of the mainstays in, in my comic book vocabulary. He's been sure. there seemingly from the beginning. Like, when I first started comic books, Richard Corbin was there. And and it, it's so gratifying after all these years to be able to go to the new comic book rack and pick up a brand new Richard Corbin book. I mean, I'm sure. glad the guy's still alive, and sure. and and drawing Hellboy of all things, um, and doing it fucking awesome. He does have a um, storytelling style that is very unique. I'll, I'll give him that. He is a master of storytelling. And yeah. what seems to be simple for Richard Corbin would probably take me a week and a half to do. I right. mean, he he has a visual shorthand that he knows what to include in a panel and what to leave out, and he makes things v- seemingly simple, but it's uh-huh. really complex when you when you analyze it. I mean, uh, he gets a a fully modeled effect out of very few lines. And if you if you trace Richard Corbin's history back, he was one of the first guys that was doing full process color. I mean, he patented a lot of color uh, processes as far as printing goes, but now he seems to have reined it in a bit. I mean, his Dave Stewart does the color on this, right? Yes, yeah, Dave Stewart. Uh, yeah. Where, where, whereas in the past, Richard Corbin would have handled everything. Right. And uh, it, it doesn't... I mean, the work is not... Um, doesn't sacrifice anything for Dave Stewart being on. It's really pretty. But Corbin seems to be just fascinated, uh, concentrating on the line, and that's that's fine by me. This is a really good issue. You get It's uh, Hellboy and Luchadors. I know. I mean vampires. But but not only is it a luchador, it's a bat luchador. How awesome yeah, it's is pretty that? Dope. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I I I've been reading Hellboy way behind the times in those big oversized beautiful library editions so i have no idea like what's currently going with hellboy but uh but i did read this because it's a one shot and it's you know i agree it was really good it was really good i um yeah, yeah. but but when you look at richard corbin's line uh, i mean a lot of guys get get flack because there's very little variation in their line there's not a whole lot of variation in corbin's line no that, I, that's, I, you, style. I, that's okay 
And it is okay because he is one of the founders. He knows what works and what doesn't. He can do a panel in silhouette, and you would believe that it's been detailed out the wasu. And you look yeah. at it, it's just blacks and whites. It's you great. Know, it, honestly, we were talking about Crumb. He reminds me of Crumb in a lot of ways. Yeah, but Crumb can be really obsessive about the line. Like he can, yeah, yeah. Crumb, Crumb can become hyper detailed and obsessive. Yeah, right, we're, with the cross hatching. Yeah. Yeah, Cor- Corbin knows where to stop. You're right. Yep. Yeah. He knows where to let your eye fill in the details. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. A master. Exactly. The guy. Go back, and this is entirely appropriate as far as what I'm going to talk about. There's a series called Rippin' Time that Corbin did. He started it during the Eerie days, and he just took it over to Fanagor and continued it. It is fantastic, and it's that, that wonderful Corbin color process I, I it's beyond me i mean he instituted a lot of processes uh printing processes as far as color goes and you look at it and it's just so gorgeous and then it's so far removed from what corbin does today but it, it never ceases to amaze me that i'm the work is not lacking he's still corbin even though he's not in complete control of the color and he, it's because he knows he's pulled back to the point where he knows what to put on the page and what to leave out and let Dave Stewart take over. Yeah. And for three fifty, Hellboy in Mexico was a fantastic issue. It was. He it's it Hellboy good. with luchadors fighting vampires in right. Mexico. Yes. How fucking awesome is that? And, and I like, have to say on. A lot of this issue really resonated with me because I love the Meal Mascaras. Santa and the blue and the blue demon. I love those movies, you know. And yeah. there's a there's a lot of that in here, but oh, Mignola does not get credit enough for his writing ability. Eh, we, we, I, I mean, we I all so. we. I, I think he does. I mean, I, I mean, look what he's I mean, up I for. Mean, he deserves credit, but I do think he gets it. I think he's. I don't know. In the Eisners, he's he's uh, he. There's a category best cover artist, and I think Mignola was was nominated. But as far as writing, I think they pass him over a lot, and I, I think he's better than. Well, you know, the the thing is with with Hellboy, it's such a slow creep. I mean, we're we're talking, you know, what twenty twenty five years of developing and growing this this world, this universe. And Hellboy fans, Hellboy fans understand it. They get it, and they 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 lap um, it up whenever there's more to be consumed. But yeah. I mean, Ted, it's, Ted it, McKeever it's, would say stolen, but that's beside the point. Well, well, I know yeah, that's just well, his whatever. Opinion. Well, you know, sour yeah. fucking grapes, boo fucking who. Um, <laughs> uh, it's I mean, it's it it's decades in the making, and it's been kind of a slow burn. And yeah. And and so it get, it gets overlooked, and you know, I mean, yeah, he's the 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 term master gets thrown around a lot, but Mignola, much, yeah. yeah, it gets thrown around a lot, but the guy is unique. He he's built his own world, and I think that that just about every comic book creator that ever has the idea of a creator owned property looks at Mignola as the gold standard. Right, no doubt, no doubt. Next on the pile, and this is purely coincidence, I did not plan it this way, Abe Sapien, The Abyssal Plane, number one. Yep, read that. By, uh, written of, by. of two. Written by Mike Mignola and John Arcudi. Mm-hmm. So it's not a complete Mignola uh, uh, joint. But art by, this? art by Peter Snin. Snenge? Snayberg. 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 I can never Snayberg. pronounce that. Again, colors by Dave, Dave Stewart. 
Um, I thought the issue was great. Um, Abe is uh, tasked with investigating the uh, wreckage of a Russian sub right. trying to uh, unearth Melchior's Burgeonet. It's this mystical helmet that yeah. seemingly gave its wearer uh, powers beyond those of, of mortal men and, and enabled him to survive a battle where he should have been dead a long time ago. But the thing that is really... Um, Noteworthy for me on this issue. The story was great. The art was great. The cover, yeah. Dave Stewart, or, yeah. or no, I'm sorry, not Dave Stewart. He did the coloring. Um, Johnson, Dave Johnson did the Dave cover. Dave Johnson, exactly. Again, those covers that Dave Johnson did for Punisher Max, and then this Abe Sapien cover. Um, um, how about a hundred issues of a hundred bullets? Again, I was yeah, yep. I was just gonna say that hundred bullets. Well, and not only that, but. You know, you guys know I've been jonesing for the hundred bullets and, and just finished it up. But um, the uh, he does the covers of a book I just started reading uh, this week, uh, Unknown Soldier. Uh, yes, yeah. and the cover that are astounding. I mean, yeah. like actually, and, and and I've been enjoying the book, but but the Dave Johnson covers are like he's in my view. Uh, I know he's been around a long time, but to me, he's. Now that James Jean's out of the business, he's right there with James Jean. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's I, I totally great. agree with you. I yep. really he's, do. He's 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 turned into the cover guy. Yes, totally. And, totally. and it's whereas Jean had the benefit of full process colors and very painterly approach. Uh, Johnson does it with line. He's yeah. a designer. He's yeah. a designer. Yes, he's a designer. Well, let's, let's give Jean credit. Well, so is Jean. Yeah, the benefit of well, he he has a benefit because he's a master of it. It's not like he's. Like he's not being well, in okay. the way that no, well couldn't be. It's no, James no, Jean no. Here, here, here's the difference. It, 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 James Jean is a master illustrator, and I, I see Johnson as as a, an illustrator, but more of a designer than an. Right. I, well, that's right. I would say J, Dave Johnson to me is 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 much more attuned to like the Chip Kid. Like he's his he's he's yeah. got a great sense of graphic design, whereas Jean is, is obviously he's chosen to move into the fine arts world permanently or at least for now so right i mean i think that's their differentiation right gene is a right. fine artist and dave johnson is a graphic artist and both are masters at their chosen i path. i really don't yeah. think you should differentiate between the two but let's put it this way eh, each artist I I mean, well, e each artist has a graphic language it's just that james gene speaks more eloquently than Johnson, but that is not to shortchange Johnson. Johnson speaks a language that's really compelling. I mean, yeah, it's a dope yeah. scene, but it's more stark than James Jean. Mm -hmm. J J James 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 is more elegant, right? And and this yeah. Abyssal Plain cover, this reminds me of an Irwin Allen movie. It, I I have to read this book. I have to pick it up. Yeah, the the yeah. Johnson cover. It's it it just it draws me in, and it's. A fantastic, just the the hammer and sickle and all the bubbles. That's genius. That's There's really something real good. cool about bottom of the ocean, deep sea type of adventures. You know, yeah, it's very Lovecraftian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, and, uh, you know, and, and, and you mentioned Snayberg, and, and you want to talk about a guy that does not does not get enough play in this industry. You're right, Peter Peter yeah, right. Peter Snayberg is so Starman and the mighty oh, the mighty. Oh, a white brigade. Yeah. It's so much stuff. That guy is so unheralded in this industry. Yeah, you're right. So yeah. fucking good. Um, um, look at the look uh, at the panel uh, where all the Russian uh, dead spew from the the hatch right. that Abe pulls back. That's a great page. It is. 
it is. It, it is just the, the the facial expression on the guy in the in closest to the hatch is really good. But as you you pan out and you look, that's really horrifying. Just the eyes drawn back in their yeah. head and just the way their heads are tilted like at horrible angles. I mean, the it's very obvious that these people are not alive, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's. Oh, it just makes your skin crawl, and You're right. to 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 achieve something like that would, I mean, look at it. There's not a whole lot of line there. Yeah, Vince, you had mentioned a god somewhere, right? Yes. No, that was yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah. That's, it was Jason. Yeah. Well, because it was a uh, yeah. It's uh, it was Paul Montgomery gave a great review of it, uh, and yeah, I it, I had not heard of it until he mentioned it, and it it moved up to the top of my to, to buy pile. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you're looking for a good self-contained um, graphic novel, uh, and you want to find out more about Peter Schneiberg, that that mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good one. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who you hear when you read uh, any story with Abe Sapien in it, but I hear Niles from <laughs> from uh, from Frasier. That's good here. Yeah. It's funny because um, I had seen the first Hellboy movie before I ever read a Hellboy comic, mm-hmm. and as a result, I really wasn't a huge fan of of Abe Sapien as a character. Like in I the love movie, Abe. God, I, oh, love I think he's oh, really movie, good in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I don't. For some reason, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of goofy, and so it actually kind of turned me off a little bit to like the whole Abe Sapien series and the BPRD stuff. But um, but I've totally done a one eighty on that. Like I I, I don't it, it, it I. It was just a, like that was a case where a first impression is not it, it was not correct. I you know I I, I very much like the character now quite a bit. So, a- Abe is one of the um, um, I think one of the kindest characters in comics, and, and he's one of those you know it's the classic ser- searching for his own humanity characters. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just yeah I, I love I love that character because he's he's the outsider that is searching for humanity, and therefore he probably understands the the human condition uh, more than we do. But mm-hmm. he's he's so fragile; he gets hurt so he, easily. Yes. Where, he's where, fragile where, and kind. Yeah, right. Where Hellboy approaches a problem with the uh, Fist of Doom, and if he can smash his yeah. way out of it, not to shortchange Hellboy. I mean, he is a thinker, but nowhere oh. near where Abe is. I mean, no, and, and and that and that's why they are perfect together. They're they are they are the perfect buddy team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One more before I pass it on, and I know I talked <laughs> about this. I I don't care. I, I know I talked about this before, but I don't really give a damn because it's a good comic, and y'all should be reading it despite the publisher. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two thirteen. Yeah. Oh, much love for that. Writer uh, Ian Flynn, Stephen Butler, penciler Terry Austin on inks, yeah, nice. Matt Herms on colors, John Workman on letters. Mm-hmm. Wow! Do not prejudge. Yeah, Workman's been on letters for that for a long time. Yes, do not prejudge this book. Please don't do it because um, great. you you may take into account that it's a fact that it's a video game franchise and uh, all the trappings that come with that. I'm I'm astounded at what they're trying to pull off with this character, Be- because in this issue it's actually Kirby-esque. There, there's a group, um, I think they're called the Wolf Pack, where uh, Sonic is trying to gain initiation into their ranks, and uh, there's another group of uh, cats called the Felidae, or or Felidae, or F- whatever you want to pronounce it, where they uh, they both have this um, black onyx. And they have rituals and uh, traditions associated with this gem, 
and Sonic is caught in the middle, and you get this whole uh, air of uh, tradition and ritual associated with these various cultures, and you don't expect that from a video game can uh, franchise. You know, you, you expect uh, a story that progresses much along the lines of a, a video game where it's uh, do this, then you progress, and you do that, and you progress a level, and you do this, and you move up. It's totally not like that. E each culture has their very... Um, unique aspects and the leaders are uh very well rendered it's just an amazing book and it's sonic the freaking hedgehog of all no, it's really good yeah no it is, it is. much better I mean, than people it's one of those books i can totally understand why even as people are listening to us talk about it they're thinking yeah, dude i'm not reading sonic and i would have been that way too until i read the uh, free comic book day book but it's really really good it's, it's it is it's, and it's a great all-ages book. It's a book that I happily would read to my kids, and they would love it. It's, uh, right, it's, but it, it, yeah. it's very complex in light of the subject matter. And there's a, a character in here called Big the Cat. He's this big, huge, hulking, purple cat character. It, it just um, makes you think about uh, Miyazaki's My Neighbor Totoro. Anybody oh, yeah. that, that, that bases a character on Totoro is okay with me. Uh, and it, just this lovable hulking cat, and then you get the whole struggle between the two groups over this black onyx thing. It's just a really good book. Why are why is Archie not promoting this book more? Because it I could see. That I mean, it's 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 lasted longer than almost any other book on the shelves. Two hundred and thirteen yeah. issues, which is really an accomplishment mm -hmm. in the marketplace today. But remember, uh, you can't compare Archie books. Again, we're, we have a direct market mindset, and so to us, Archie books are under under publicized. But Archie books, including Sonic, outsell the fuck out of almost every book that makes a diamond list because they they do great on the newsstands. Right, um, you're right. So, you're right. You know, and one more before I go, this is an, this an, I know I I'm cheating. This is an Aspen Wait. book. It's Delic. Uh, I, what, the only thing I'll say about this book, I didn't read it yet. I read the first issue; it was great. Why is Micah Gunnell not a household name? Never heard of him. I th he he did shrugged for for Aspen. I think it. the fact that he works for Aspen kind of ghettoizes him to a certain well, yeah. extent. <laughs> I mean, it's Aspen. But see, don't shortchange them. Everything I've read of Aspen has been really good, and and I had that same prejudice as you that mm -hmm. it's just that. You know, fly by night. Let's just capitalize on Michael Turner's name right. and and sell some comic books. But it's so far removed from that. Michael Gunn. Well, you have to be. I mean, you you're, you are a fellow previews uh, devotee. Um, I am always persistently month in month out turned off by the display that Appen puts in previews because it does, like you said, it looks like Michael Turner clones TNA. Um, Big goofy fonts in their displays. It just it looks very much like to the stereotype of it in, in terms of the displays. It's the same, like it, right. you know, there's certain publishers in Diamond in in the previews every month that you know what you're going to get before you turn to their pages, and and it does themselves a huge disservice, I think, because it doesn't do anything to assuage your preconceptions. I think you're right. I think you're right. But if you look at this, um, Amdelic is only two fifty. Mm -hmm. it, it had a zero issue and four regular issues. It's written by um, Frank Mastromaro, the guy that uh, wrote um, Shrugged, and Vince Hernandez. Uh, character design and pencils by Micah Gunnell and inks by Rob Stahl. Colors by Peter Steigerwald.
and letters by Josh Reed. Uh, Gunnell is a really good artist. He is a contender. If he was on, say, Green Lantern Corps, you people would be all over this guy. Mm-hmm. He's v- well, you people meaning the collective comic buying public. I, I'm not talking you. Uh, he's very good. He has a really uh, strong grasp on light and shadow where uh, it's almost chiseled, his look, where he can just lay down the blacks and it just seems natural. And if this guy was on Green Lantern Corps, everybody on Newsarama and Comic Book Resources would be talking, would be praising, right. you know, Micah Gunnell. But the fact that he works for Aspen kind of sequesters him in this, this little niche of, of comic books. And I don't think he belongs there. I think he's a great, great artist. Micah Gunnell, do me a favor. Don't do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Check out Delic. It's really good. Hmm. The, the arts, v- I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm almost ashamed that, um, I'm enjoying this so much. Not, not the fact that it's a, a, an Aspen book, that the fact that I consider the fact that it's an Aspen book, which makes me kind of pull back a little bit and say, well, you know, it's Gunnel, it's, a, it's not an Aspen book. If, if this was a DC book, I, I, I'm telling you, it would be top, at least top 50. I don't know what, what, what Aspen sells, but Gunnel's great. He's very good. Cool. Now, yeah. uh, what's your last one? I'm all, that was my last one. Uh, uh, I could do another one because uh, I got one. And, and in your I got one right here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, let's see how up to speed you are on uh, what was my introduction this episode and homage to. Wow, I even forgot what you said. <laughs> <laughs> the demon goat. Oh, dude, I can't think right now. <laughs> yeah, you're spent. I am. Uh, so, uh, shout out to Jacob Welch on our forums. Um, he's been having a sale to raise money for something which I can't recall at the time offhand, but he's been uh, selling a lot of his collection. So I actually took him up and bought the uh, the first five collected editions of Empowered. Oh, I'm is, sorry. Which is the Adam Warren. You bought uh, the first series. five? How much did you pay? Seven bucks a, a collection. Oh, you prick! That's a great price. Yeah. I know. I know. That's half uh, off. Boy yeah, pants. they're fourteen ninety five cover price by Dark Horse. And how uh, many did you read? So I read the first volume this this week, um, and uh, it, for those that are unaware, excuse me, Empowered is a story about a beautiful, voluptuous blonde uh, <laughs> mm. young lady who, um, through through a through means we don't ever really find out at least not in the first volume has a skin tight, very revealing suit that um, the good news is it gives her uh, a litany of powers including you know relative invulnerability super strength energy projection um, the bad news is that it's also <laughs> very easily tattered and uh, right. and while that's good news for we the the viewer uh, it's bad news for her because as her suit gets tattered so too uh, does the powers that she possesses weaken so uh, in essence this is one big giant um, you know, fan surface book essentially. I mean, uh, it's, on the I mean, surface, it's, though. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like on the surface, it's very much. Um, he, Adam Warren draws absolutely ridiculously beautiful women. Um, it is a very adult book. This is not a book that you want done that you plan on sharing with your children, even even teenage yeah. children. But um, but most of it is implied, though. 
It's not explicit. Well, no, but it's very sharply applied. I mean, yeah. they have her getting it from behind. I mean, they have her doing <laughs> I mean, it's it's not... Yes, they don't show labia and nipples, but they it's as implied I'm as it close. can be. It's, and, and it's better, like a Skinamax 2 a.m. movie where you're... Right. You're, the, and, it's it, where you know that the film is being shot by the same. You know, there's two sets of cameras: one filming the Skinamax version at the same time, right. one filming the hardcore version that's yes. going to be available on DVD. I, I mean, think that's, that's a benefit of the book, though that that he doesn't show it; he lets you fill in the details because nothing is more vivid than your own imagination. Oh, totally, and it's extremely yeah. titillating. But it's but it's overtly sexual, though. I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no, yeah. you know, in every other page, she's having. You know, gratuitous sex with her boyfriend. It's just right. It's just they leave a little teeny bit to the imagination. Oh, I wish um, I was him. What's that? I wish I was. Uh, <laughs> wait, what, <laughs> I wish I was the boyfriend. What's his name? Uh, Hunkalicious uh, or uh, no? Thugalicious. Yeah. Yeah, Thugalicious. Um, so, and really, the story is just. I mean, she 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 has these powers. She doesn't. It's sort of a little bit like Greatest American Hero meets Penthouse. I mean, she doesn't quite know what <laughs> suit. Um, it, it's you know pretty much in every vignette. I mean, the book is a collection of vignettes, and every vignette she's ultimately uh, having to be rescued by someone else because her suit has been ripped apart and she's you know either captured or chained up or tattered or got a ball gag or yep. something like that um she meets thugalicious who is a uh he makes his living as a minion for different supervillains and and uh but it turns out he's actually a really nice guy and a great boyfriend and yeah. you know they uh they hit the skins and they have a relationship and she's got a best friend who's also a villain named ninjet who's a really super sexy asian ninja chick um and uh it's just a lot of fun it's a it's a humor book um, he is a great cartoonist. I mean, it's uh, it, it really is very, very entertaining. Um, uh, I've been, I will I've say, been, go ahead. I've been trailing something forever in my notes, and mm-hmm. I keep cutting and pasting it with every new episode, but we never get to it. Uh, Adam Warren did uh, a book for DC called Titans, Scissors, yeah. Paper, and Stone, which is really his version of Livewire's. For DC, which well, he wrote, I mean, yeah, wires, you know yeah, right. yeah. That's right. That's what I'm saying. You could you could basically flip flop the two. There, it's it's essentially the same story for different companies. Yeah. Yeah. But I have this: overt examples of Jack Kirby's influence can be seen in the work of many contemporary con- creators: Tom Scioli, Eric Larson, Ed McGinnis, Ladron, Shaky Kane. We always seem to overlook one of the guys that manages to capture both the style and spirit of Jack's work, and that's Adam Warren. Right, right, right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and so my intro today was an homage to one of the supporting characters, which is uh, there is a uh, immortal demon wolf <laughs> who is a super galactic villain, you know, like along the lines of a Thanos or some some you know galactic villain that that for, for reasons we were never exposed to is trapped uh, in a a what looks to be like a utility belt, and uh, somehow or another he got trapped in there. So he's, it's sort of like uh, you know genie in the bottle type of thing, and uh, and empowered she she comes in possession of this belt, and so she basically just keeps this demon wolf in this belt sitting on her coffee table, and so he's pretty much the narrator in the comic relief of the book, right? I mean he's he's uh, he's and he's. They keep him busy by just letting him watch TV. So he's always begging them to, you know, give him a new box set of this show or put on this movie. But uh, what he really wants is he's always dying to let them, let him, let let him watch them have sex. And they and just, they do though. They do. For the, but not, but for most of the first volume they don't. And so right. he's always begging, you know, why not let me see you copulate? And he speaks in that. <laughs> 
you know, I, I hinted at it with the intro, but he he just he he uses you know just ridiculous over the top verbiage to uh, to refer to things, and uh, you know he's always like you know, he's always implying that like as soon as he escapes from the belt, he's going to destroy all of these people and stuff. It's just a lot of fun. I mean, it's uh, it's it's what'll be interesting is that I I I bought all five volumes, and although I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, it is a tad one note. I mean, you sort of get the joke pretty quickly. So I am curious to see in subsequent volumes if it changes at all or evolves because um, I don't I don't know how this would hold up for five volumes of this if it's the same thing over and over again. Um, so I am curious to jump into the second one and see. I mean, it's it's it, I quite enjoyed the first one. Um, I am very interested to see though if if the the, the subsequent volumes um, grow from here. So. Yeah. See, I'm in the same boat. I have up to the fourth, but I never read past the first one. Yeah. And, and he's one of those cartoonists that I will buy anything by him. Mm-hmm. Dirty Dirty Pair, Empowered, <laughs> uh, like the Livewires. Have you read the Livewires volume yeah. from Marvel? It's great. But, I mean, it's basically the same story as the Titans thing. It's it's like well yeah, that yeah. did that didn't hit over at DC. Let me just bring it to Marvel and right. see what happens. It, right. And so just and she's a member of this team, the Super Homies. Which I love, right. um, and uh, you know, and, <laughs> he's and, speaking uh, your language. Totally, totally. And, uh, it, like you find out that that the three of the main pr- heroes on the team were uh, they got their powers through v- sexually transmitted super venereal diseases, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, the, the the heroine, the other heroine in the book, is uh, this chick Sista Spooky, who is sort of like a Raven character from Titans, but uh, right. you know, she's the classic nerdy, flat-chested girl in high school that gets ignored and picked on, and then she makes a deal with the devil to get a voluptuous body and superpowers, but he accidentally forgets to carry the one, so instead of giving her X power, he gives her, you know, a thousand X the power he was supposed to give her for the deal, and so that's why she's just massively powerful, you know, uh, yeah. sorceress, and, uh, yeah, it's just uh, funny. I mean, he, he plays a lot of very familiar tropes to superhero fans, but uh, but he yeah. does it in a very, I mean, it's very, very titillating. It's very, very, it it's one of those naughty books where I was actually reading it, and I usually read a lot of comics on the bus, to and from New York City, and uh, this was one of those books where I was sitting next to like a 50, 55-year-old woman, and I had to put the book back in my bag. I was like, I can't read this. She's going to look over and see this. She's going to see this cartoon woman getting it from behind from her boyfriend, and I can't I can't be reading this in front of her, so I have to put it back. So, uh, you know, it's naughty. It's naughty. Yeah, but the bondage thing, I mean, that speaks to um, one of the foundations of one of the greatest and that's in quotes. Superheroes <laughs> ever be, created? No, really. I mean, Wonder Wonder Woman was founded in bondage. Yep. I mean, Marston uh, was a, a huge proponent of the uh, let's just say bondage, and uh, that okay. carried over. And and this whole empowered dig is where every story she's getting restrained by someone right, restrained ball gag tied up chained yeah up, and it's it's just there's something the very very titillating about you know um yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and he knows what works as far as the the, the female form he knows the huge oh, totally. you know puffy lips call them what you will and, and the apple nipples and the big booty i mean he, he draws like it. it he draws it really well and right. and uh, nice the thing I like part. most about Empowered is the fact that it's not over inked. It's mostly mm-hmm. pencil. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he 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 lays it down, and how he puts it on the paper is how you see it. That's I, I like uh, Art Spiegelman's mouse. A, a lot of those pages were shot two size from uh, Spiegelman's 
um, drawings, I get the feeling that that uh, Empowered is pretty much unadorned Adam Warren, the way he laid it down. And, yeah, and yeah. I love that. Yeah. So try and, Thanks to Jacob try, for uh, selling it to me on the cheap. Yeah, thank you, Jacob. Look at that. Well, guess what, people? I think Chris fell asleep, <laughs> and uh, we're That's pushing. <laughs> we're pushing two and a half yeah, hours. So, yeah. this is the this is the part where we say goodbye. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, a couple shout outs though before we go. Hey, you're the boss. B a w s e. I'm not. The, you're the boss, but no, uh, I'm not the boss. Our brother from another mother and. Um, a guy we, uh, you know, is pretty much family is, uh, you know, obviously Brian Salazar, one of yeah. Chris's long co-hosts of Around Comics. Uh, he has now officially launched his new venture, which is uh, fanboyscouts.com. Yeah. Right. I think he's going to be on with us next week. Yeah. he, You know, Sal showed us this. We knew it was coming. He showed us uh, at Sados Sados when we were hanging out with him. It's uh, are geek merit badges. So any of you that were a Boy Scout like myself or uh, are familiar with it, you know, when you're a Boy Scout, you earn merit badges, little circular badges that go on a sash for uh, different skills or deeds that you do. And uh, Sal took that idea and he made it into a geek thing. The first series is up on the site. It's www.fanboyscouts.com. You can order them in a package. You can order them individually. And it's uh, really, really neat stuff. He's got – it's the kind of thing, once you see it, you'll realize how, how expansive this could be. I mean, he could have yeah. thousands of these if, if, it's, if the demand is there. So um, he's officially up and running, and uh, I would definitely commend people to check it out. Uh, it's worth yes. your time. Um, good on uh, me no, for giving him the idea to do that. You totally. It was, it was Vince very, Vince. very good of me to just Vince give it to Vince B gets three and a half cents for every badge that you buy. Um, <laughs> also, did wanted you, to... Uh, wait, bef before you move on, did you guys get the email? From the uh, from, yeah. 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 How how professional does that look? No, no. It's like, yeah, I opened it up and I said, dude, he is serious about this. He's yeah. all grown up. Yep, all it's grown all up. kinds <laughs> of slick and beautiful oh, looking. I think he really did fall asleep. Yeah, he's it's all right. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, other thing, um, just wanted to give a congratulations and a thank you to uh, another podcast, the uh, Awesome by Comics podcast. Um, I think Chris and I have mentioned in the past. Uh, it's it's a comics related podcast hosted by a husband and wife, um, Aaron and Evie, um, and they just had their hundredth uh, episode uh, a week or two ago. Wow! And uh, on the most recent episode, they actually shouted us out. I guess one of their they were taking questions from their audience, and their audience asked. Uh, what other podcast do you listen to? And uh, we were one of the, the the podcasts that they say they listen to every week. Oh, that's so awesome! I wanted to say thanks and give a little reciprocal love, and also um, they, you know, they said that they love to have, uh, you know, maybe us on the show sometimes. So just wanted to say thanks for that. And then um, last and not least, one thing they do every week, and I always think, you know, we haven't done it in a while, and certainly couldn't hurt is um, for any listeners that haven't heard us ask in the past, uh, we uh, we wouldn't be opposed if you want to pay pay back a little bit uh, to it for an iTunes review. Uh, they help. They help actually right. uh, expand our listenership. So if you feel like giving us an iTunes review and you haven't done so, uh, we'd appreciate it. That'd be really cool. We have a lot more than I ever thought we would have, but yeah, another yeah, one he, would not hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. He is. And, what? Listen, is he, is listen, he sleeping? Listen. You're right. Oh, son of a bitch. He fell asleep. <laughs> that is not right. You fucker. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say I am the the worst podcast personality because I listen to zero comic book podcasts. I am behind on many, many podcasts. Oh, it, it's, it's not by choice, though. I mean, I, I'm friends with... Uh, 
the 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 lion's share of comic book producers, comic book po- podcast producers, I just don't listen. And it, and it, it's not because I don't like your show. It's just because I don't have enough time in the day. So don't take it personally. Derek Cowder is one of my favorite person people in the whole world, but I don't listen to his show. Oh my god! <laughs> He's fucking snoring. I'm hard off. <laughs> Where's my, where would go? <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> Let it go. Wait, wait, David, be quiet for a second. <laughs> He's not doing it now. On. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think it's just you and me, dude. Wait, where'd Jason go? I don't know. Jason. Oh, sorry, this I kicked is... the uh, mute button. My oh, nice. oh, that's okay. Dude, he's snoring. Uh, he is, yeah. He is. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Is, it <laughs> is hard when you... There are so many other comics podcasts that you do. It's always one of those things where if someone asks you, what do you listen to, what do you like, you feel right. bad. Because yeah. not only do you not have the time to listen to as many as you'd like, but you have... I have so many friends that do shows that you right. you feel bad. Like, I have to mention them, too. And it's, it is tricky, but... um. But but yeah, I mean, but I you know I try and be honest with it. I mean, I do listen to a handful, and um, also by comics is one of them. So it's just like like Tom Caters. You you know that I worship Tom Caters, but I I just don't listen to his show because there, I don't have enough time. Right. Oh, his yeah. show's only like fifteen minutes though an episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but still, um, I, there we, is. We <laughs> I was uh, the there are plans <laughs> for Derek and I to be on an episode of Loikomania. What? And, and yeah, and uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, I sat down with Joey Malpractice on our forum, oh. and Mr. Matt Burden. And, no way! Uh, Matt Idols? So no, no, for Burden's World. Oh, cool! So, you know, it's uh, funny because uh, Joey hasn't been on the forums in a while. So, Joey, if you listen to this, where the hell you been, dude? Word. But uh, he, uh, yeah. So we were just chit chatting about everything, you know, as far as like comparing. The UK and the US, things like that, talked about cab rides. So I talked about ours from uh, Sado Sados, where uh, we had the art critique cab driver. Um, nice. Compared, compared the office versions. Compared, you know, talked about Canada and and uh, <laughs> and and we. I mean, it was it was a grand old time. We talked for a couple hours. So that that's, oh, that's episode of Burden's World. I think that might be episode five. That'll probably be. Well, I'm heard. I've not been asked to be on Burden's World, so. It was a spur yeah. of moment thing. It was the same reason, just like when I had Derek on Marvel Noise. It's like it was a Twitter thing. Matt sent me a, a note. You're gonna be free in a little bit. I checked with the boss. She said, "Yeah, go do whatever," and and that was it. The boss would mean. Yeah, I was actually the- honored. Uh, Derek tweeted uh, not too long ago that uh, one of the things he wants to do is he he said there were a couple people he hasn't had on a show that he wants to have on, and I was one of them. So I thought that yes. was very nice of him. Yes, you are. Yeah, I have not been what? on it yet. I, Derek, if you're listening, I would love to be on it. What the frig? Dude, we've <laughs> no. What the frig? What he the said, frig? He said you would have you on if you weren't such a loon. Oh, and I'm... and he's been on bullpen bulletins. Yeah, and I know. He's been yeah. on eleven o'clock comics, and and uh, you know he was. I would I, I would go on just to tell him sanity, somehow wrong he is. For the sake of tiki sanity, we should probably end this before it hits three hours. So in your travels, in your travels, this Take episode. 
of 11 o'clock comics has been sponsored by discount comic book service huge wumba discounts on all your favorite comic books and collectibles delivered right to your door you only have to leave the house by a costume custodian of the united parcel service 35 to 75 percent off do not go anywhere else please believe me i'm not shitting you dcbs d dcbservice.com go there and in your travels i was very surprised um i'm not very well versed on the dark child character whatever right just totally unknown to me i picked up this one shot on a whim the darkness and dark child 499 written by randy queen and illustrated by the same color art digital inks lettering and design by sarah queen I'm assuming it's a husband and wife team. I enjoyed it. The Witchblade pops up. Uh, they do a little uh, preview of a book called Starfall in the back uh, of this issue. It was very good. Very. It, it's mostly eye candy. There's not a whole hell of a lot of story involved, but visually stunning. Very good. And uh, very much in the image vein. So if you love nice. classic image, you'll like this Darkness Dark Child. Pick it up. I, I can't wait for artifacts. Uh, Chris would recommend Little Nemo and Slumberland. I'm going to say... Um, <laughs> As well he should, because that's like one of the one of the foundations of comics. That's right. Yep. Um, I know we throw it out there every once in a while. Sometimes I might just say it because I'm scrambling for something, because it, it was a slow week for me. But... I read yesterday what is going to be the issue to beat for single issue of the year, as far as I, I'm concerned. I know you tweeted it. Yeah. Um, um, 230, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, what number? 625. Wow. 625? Really? It, what was is, it? It, was, it, was the, it was the Rhino issue. Oh, okay. It was the follow-up to the first Kelly Fiumara rhino issue this was the one with the two rhinos butting heads on the cover right um, it was it was a punch to the gut it was it, it it's it's, yeah. it's done in one issue it's a single story uh it's the first issue of peter parker's unemployment but it's not even it's not even a spider-man story or a peter parker story really it's told from from nora's point of view and um and that's what sells it 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 you don't even have to read 617 which was the reintroduction i guess of um of alexi of, of of the original rhino in the new spider-man world post um dark rain and it was uh nora sums it all up in this issue so you don't have to read the one from a couple months ago 625 get it um but uh, hey, and make sure you give credit where it's due um, this story is a logical extension from Bendis' Flowers for Rhino, which was in the, uh, what was that, um, Spider-Man book. Un not Tangled Web? Tangled Web, right, right, mm -hmm. right, yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all spins on that. Awesome. There you go. Yeah, good yeah. Stuff, cool. Good stuff. What you got, Wood? Uh, well, in keeping with Vince's theme of uh, highlighting a book that's uh, really great to look at, but not necessarily... Uh, all that strong on story, uh, but definitely worth picking up. Um, X Women, uh, the long-awaited uh, English version of the uh, pre previously released Panini book that, uh, written by Chris Claremont, of course, the uh, father of the modern X Men, uh, and drawn by the quite literally and and not 
with with no hyperbole, incomparable uh, Milo Manara. Yes, uh, yes. If you are not familiar with his work, number one, shame on you. Number two, Google him because uh, it'll be worth your time. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, I was kind of uh, sad yes. though that there wasn't anybody sticking their pinky in. Yeah, I knew he, I knew it was not. Uh, this was not an R, an X-rated book. This was more of a PG-13 rated book. But uh, but Manara. Drawing some of my favorite female characters of all time is a sight to behold, and uh, you know there's not much story there to be honest, but it's uh, it, it's not. It's awesome, it, it, it's just it, it's pure eye candy, but boy oh boy, is it really really fun to see Manara draw these women, and right. um, uh, totally worth your your loot. So give that a try. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. Chris loves you, even though he's not awake to tell you that. He does, and, and I, I can't wait to hear him tell oh us tomorrow God. what time he woke up and realized he's still at the headset. He's, yeah. head he's going to wait. What? No, what? We're still not. I wonder how much of this we were supposed to actually keep in. Oh, we're keeping all it all in. Oh, this I know it. we all are because yeah. it serves them right. But so, so come, come join us on our forum, forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com or www.11oclockcomics.com, and we'll be back, like it or not, next week. So zero six three one two five two three nine. Yeah, call our hotline. Yo, yeah, thank you. We'll be back next week. See bye. ya. Say bye bye. Bye-bye. No, he's out. Maybe we'll get him to, him to sit out next week and we'll have Sally. That is classic. It is. Yeah.